welcome to Shelf by Genre, a show about types of literature and the worlds they imagine. This season, we're reading Gene Wolfe's The Book of the New Sun, and this episode is about chapters 34 through the end of The Citadel of the Autark. For a list of content warnings, please check the episode description. I am Cameron, and here in my clone fantasy spaceship with all my sons and daughters are Michael and Austin. I just want to be clear, I'm Austin, the incredibly uh, cool and sick not Austin, the one who sucks. That's uh, someone else. Uh, oh, I'm the Michael from Austin. the high, higher universe who is specifically <laughs> torturing the Michael of this universe in order to make him better. Uh, we decided yep. to swap out for this recording session. Oh, that's interesting. What you, you got? You got something loaded and ready to go to like make the experience better for torture. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for Michael. Mm-hmm. Would you say this just is a, a buzzing sound? <laughs> this is a just torture because you had some really bad days too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that your kind of ethical argument for for why it's cool for you to torture people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you drink drink from the cup that I drink of, bro? Yeah, <laughs> on a long enough timeline, it's totally cool to torture. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, David Fincher didn't come up with that one. You know, all the you know, as, as another podcast calls the Finch Man, he's not right. going to come up with that. Right. He's not that clever. He's no gene. <laughs> hey, can I uh, hit y'all with some, some fascinating info here at the beginning of the episode? Please. I've been hired to it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, here's another one. I am hellaciously ill. Oh. Mm. I, I've had a fever all day. I'm feeling loopy as shit. And we're doing this? And we're doing this. I thought it would be, I thought it would be appropriate. Do yeah. you I think thought, you're like, sick because you finished this book and I, it got to you? I felt fine until I finished the last yeah. chapter. Yeah. Are you bleeding night, from the forehead? Yeah, I am well, yeah. from the forehead. What's our stigmata situation? How many scales have fallen from your eyes? Yeah, I got the forehead thing. I got the hands thing. I got the feet thing. You know, all you the, the major feet thing. I got the feet thing, y'all. I've got, I've got the butthole thing. Is that? <laughs> no, that's just regular. That's just that's just, that's just a thing. Yeah, that's, just, okay. that's just the weather's right. getting drier. It's the winter. Right. I'm feeling. You know, I'm filling out my like spreadsheet <laughs> to yeah, determine yeah. what what is what. But no, I'm like feeling uh, wildly. Like out of it, okay. Um, which is good. Do you good. want to not record this tonight? No, I want to go. I like. I've been. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it all day, and I've been amping up. I, you know, I got got over to the computer. Tick, 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 tick. I already told you I did something way out of character, which was restart my PC for some reason. Like who would ever, right? <laughs> yeah. Who in there? Give it know, a little break. Uh, no, it's that's a terrible idea. You know, you got to keep that electricity running all the time. But I almost came over here to tick, 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 saying, "Hey, we need to delay." But I don't feel that way. You feel? Like I we feel need like to I've go. got. Yes, I've got two kinds of liquid right here. I'm going to slurp them directly into the microphone. And we're going to power through this bad boy because Michael's responsible for a big chunk of this. So I don't have to think about it too hard. Uh, It's only like a few chapters. Yeah. Uh, How am I responsible for a big chunk of this? You're good at explaining stuff. Oh, I see. When we don't know a thing, we can (laughs) dependably say, Michael, explain it to us. (laughs) Because we don't know. (laughs) So that's why I did write a summary. I'm not kicking it off okay. to you. I did do it. But I, I will say, well, it's probably as good as it's going to get. I'll be honest. I'm going to say mm-hmm. something really quick. Please. I think it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> it is pretty straightforward. <laughs> I think it's pretty straightforward. I, I, I think I've been oversold how confusing it would be. And so yeah. I built labyrinths in my mind. Mm-hmm. We want to pump you up. We want to make yeah. you feel good. I also think there is, and this is really getting ahead of ourselves, there's a moment in this reading that makes this actually the most filmable thing that's ever been written. 
mm-hmm. and I'm desperate to see it filmed now. So that's it. <laughs> it's like the two pages of just straight up Steven Spielberg script that's in there. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is very Steven Spielberg script. Actually, I do think he that was that watching is, ET. You think he was like checking out Close Encounters? It is. It is literally the. It is a bit where it's like. And there I was walking in my old footsteps as a child, which is the most Steven Spielberg thing that oh, you could yeah. do. And it yeah. is so filmable. It's so yeah. just eminently filmable that I don't understand why no one's done this. Maybe it's all of the weird shit around that moment that makes yeah, it you think maybe the preceding film. 1,000 pages or so. No, but the mystery, it's only, I think it's only unfilmable if you feel like you need to resolve the mystery. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then and you like live in the 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 ambiguity, then you're good. Don't worry about yeah, it. So agreed. I agreed. Yeah, we did pump it up a little bit. Um, I mean, there's a lot of like weird shit that goes oh, on. Yeah, That's fun. Absolutely. It's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I get it. Yeah, yeah. And I get. I, to be clear, I think there are open ended questions to, to be left with. Uh, and I know, I know we're supposed to go read another book after this or whatever. Uh, yep. But like, I don't. I didn't close this book going. There were major gaps in, in what I understood mm-hmm. that I don't think Gene wanted me to have. Well, you know, that's what I've said many times, right? Yeah. Which is like, I like the ending of this book. I think mm-hmm. it's cool. Mm-hmm. And I like the unresolvable thing. And mm-hmm. you can search from about 1985 until now to find a billion people who do not feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's part of the birth of the Gene Wolfe Industrial Complex. Um, yeah. And well, this is also yeah, like... I mean, we'll talk about yeah, it more, but like this is also like a typical Gene Wolf thing is an mm-hmm. extremely unusual ending that incites a lot of discussion. Let's That's say right. uh, that, you know, you can check out many of the bonus episodes of uh, Homestuck Made This World mm-hmm. on Patreon.com slash Range Touch in order to hear us walk through like what, 40 years of like unresolvable ambiguity that predates Homestuck <laughs> for people. Right. And yeah. y'all didn't even talk about Catholicism. <laughs> no, which like is for the, the fundamental show. right the fundamental mm-hmm. unambi- or, or ambiguity unresolvable so yeah. <laughs> you know I, I have to uh, I mean I have to you know it's like when uh, Peter Slaughterdyke turned down being on uh, too much future right we tried Ooh. and he very politely said he wouldn't do it I'll be honest the Pope has not responded yet mm-hmm. I haven't gotten mm-hmm. a clear no so I'm still waiting that's that's Homestuck squared you know whatever or yeah. bi-cubed or something divided by eight <laughs> I feel like we need to go to the Pope with a copy of the Book of the New Sun, the way they gave the Pope the uh, Undertale, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I think he'd learn more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Megalovania can still be playing while we do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you could you could score the Book of the New Sun movie with Megalovania, and it would feel very normal. <laughs> like, you go to space, and you're, like, in the flyer, and it's just like, and you'd yeah. be like, yeah, uh-huh. this is space music. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Absolutely. It's good. All right. Even us. though I believe in that Let's Play, I did never hear Megalovania. Or I heard it and I was so stressed out during the boss battle that I never <laughs> heard a single note. I think that, that's partially what happened. Um, no, I think I, I that was what I fast forwarded through because that oh, was one of my it. boss battles. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Incredible. I just know there was some piece of music where repeatedly I talked about it and people are like, you didn't even hear it. You can go to youtube.com slash range touch to be frustrated about our Let's Play. <laughs> it was probably the spider big sale music. Because you yeah. lived in that for a very long time. I did. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Fond memories of that. Hey, speaking of torture, uh, you want to read the uh, summary? Please. Yeah. Okay. Let me do it so we can just get into it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's hard to, to, to talk around it when we get here. This is my summary for episode 14. This is just me as I read the thing. I kind of write one paragraph for every chapter. This one's pretty short. There's not a lot that happens, as Austin just said. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of meaning in a lot of these things. So we can feel free to bounce around. 
Uh, and if there's anything you want to edit afterwards, you know, because this is a broad summary. Right afterward, jump right in, correct me, you know? Feel free. All right. Not the listener, but but other podcasters. Okay. Only no, I encourage for you to show. cut your own version <laughs> of this no, episode do where you put in your own <laughs> summary but keep everything else the same. No, don't do it. That's one that's that's closer to Homestuck. I don't like that. We gotta get away from you. All right. <clears throat> episode 14 summary. Master Palamon is sad at the loss of Terminus Est, and Severian consults with the previous autarchs in his brain, to reveal that the enemies of the Commonwealth might prosper better after the coming of the new sun. The Master takes Severian on a final tour of the Madican Tower. Severian frees some prisoners and leaves others imprisoned. Severian considers whether or not the Claw has power, or if, rather, that power lives in him. He also entertains the idea that Erebus and Abaya have somehow given him the powers of the Conciliator. He also explains what Master Malrubius told him about the meaning of life, which I will not in any way summarize here. <laughs> Severian meets Rudisand, who we learn is an agent of Father and Ire. He tells the Autarch about the value of history in a broad liberal arts education. Severian reads a letter from Father and Ire about strategy and tactics, and he learns that Aegea has taken Vodalus's job. He updates the Autarch about the war. Rudisand does, or Father and Ire in the letter. Severian talks to Roche, and he reveals that the Autarch's plan is to ban torture and imprison the torturers for a little while. He goes back to the mausoleum from the very beginning of the book to get his coin. Narrator Severian reveals that he has recently spoken to Dr. Talos, who has not seen Baldander since he leapt into the lake. Current Severian finds a pistol and shoots it into a fireplace, and then puts it in his pocket. Severian takes the other young torturers on a journey up the river and meets Owen, the guy who wrote the note in the inn many books ago. They talk about their respective families. Then he takes Owen to reunite him with Dorcas, leaving before finding out what happens. Severian ends by telling us that he told us everything. He asserts that he was not the first Severian and that he follows the footsteps of a previous Severian. He travels through the tunnels beneath the citadel and returns to the atrium of time where he enters the home of Valeria. And that is the end of the book. And then there's an appendix about ships and armies. Yep. Just like I thought. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole deal. Yep. I, I, I loved it. There was nothing better than you saying that and whatever. Maybe the last episode. Last we did or I don't remember what I actually suggested. I don't think I think it was food. Maybe I suggested or something <laughs> yeah. else. It was some something logistics oriented. But there, there is oh, no so better funny. joy I received at that moment than knowing how close you were. It's so funny. You're just the thing bullshit. that I love the most is after everything that you just described, which includes much of what we'll have to dig into because it's like metaphysical and, and miraculous. Yep. There's a line from GW in this appendix, which is about the spaceships and guns of the world. And what he there's a line he says, which is, we would like to know more about almost everything mentioned in these manuscripts. But most of all, certainly we would like to know more about the ships that sail between the stars. What? <laughs> That's the thing you mo someone went, went in the future past went and re mm -hmm. maybe restarted the sun the the is is the second of himself and the mm -hmm. thing you most want to know is like how sick was that star destroyer though yeah <laughs> real nerd shit <laughs> yeah how big is it compared to the other things we yes see? yes and he's given us the tools he's given us the tools to measure everything it's so funny it's great it is truly excellent um. Yeah, so there's a lot going on here. Um, kind of split into three big things, which is like conversation with Master Palamon, mm -hmm. conversation about the meaning of life with Master Ru uh, Malrubius, right? Or like, uh, you know, a summary of what happened there. 
the decision to like do something about the torturers and then, hey, I'm the second or maybe 15 billionth Severian. Right. Because like you can read, we have to talk about the Mount Rubia stuff, but it, yeah. but you could, <laughs> the question ends up being how many times has this all happened? And mm-hmm. is this happening in a sort of, um, you know, there's a moment that I think it's very easy to move past, which is while he's hanging out in the Altarks like bedroom, and it's not, I don't even think it's the Altarks bedroom in, the Citadel, I think it's the mm-hmm. Altarks, or sorry, it is the Altarks bedroom in. It's like his chambers. It's yeah. like his chambers, but not not in the House Absolute, but in mm-hmm. the Citadel. He yep. finds a little microcosm, by which we mean uh, like the the glass city of Candor, like uh, <laughs> a, a, a smaller world filled please, with little people. Please, please, it. please, you gotta get this I'm right. Sorry. It's the, the bottled city the of bottled Candor, city, whatever the fuck it is. This is a show for fucking nerds, yeah, and if you don't right. do your bare due you're diligence, right, you're right. You're right. We'll get letters. You're right. It's not made by in, by glass, except I guess sometimes Kryptonian stuff kind of looks like it's made from glass. Anyway, well, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, yeah Mark yeah. Wade's going to show up. He's going to leave a comment. <laughs> you're right. But there's just a little world in there, right? And yeah. so there's like a sort of thematic thing happening where like uh, one of the things we learn is that, you know, we kind of already knew this, but some people can move throughout uh, above time and look down mm-hmm. from their world into our world and can intercede. And that mm-hmm. includes a past version of Severian. And it also seems to include a past version of humanity and a race of people that humanity made, as we already gestured at, via a sort of macrocosmic torture. Um, the, the Surprise, the heart of the whole thing. It was torture all the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if we can only live through our suffering, we can all ascend to something greater, right? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Dark Souls, baby, yeah! <laughs> I've read this piece 14 times. You wrote this times. piece, didn't you? Didn't I, you? I'm sure I did. More than once, more yeah, than More likely. than once, multiple Camerons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to follow up the previous one. Yeah, there is. There's some. Uh, you know, when you're talking about the kind of um, people above humanity, right? These kind of uh, people in the other dimension. You know, the yeah. dimension or above our universe or whatever. We've gotten a little bit of that before, right? You know, we know that the sun is going to get restarted by like a tinkle of energy coming out of that big mm-hmm. universe. And here we get the thing from Malrubius being like, yeah. They are a previous version. Like the universe happens over and over and over again. And it, it happens so much that eventually you transcend to some other thing. Right. And maybe that's like God or whatever. But I, I want to kick over really quick yeah. to young Michael, mm-hmm. who is chuckling his little butt off this whole time. You've been chuckling. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this, Michael? I mean, I think basically everything that has been said. And I also think that these last few chapters are. Very interesting to me because uh, a lot of the meta stuff around the whole book, for me at least, pays off. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of a higher reality beyond the reality that Severian is in. Uh, we haven't touched on um, some of these things, right? But like, uh, it's very easy to see it as a way of thinking about authorship. Mm-hmm. Right. That. Yeah. Can can I uh, can I give a pitch here about one of the meanings? It's sure. like the silliest little one. So like okay. you're gonna have a better one. But here uh-huh. here's the deal. We know that this began. Sorry, it's raining very hard outside. They don't want me to say this. Mm-hmm. Them. Mm-hmm. The uh, at the very beginning, we know that Gene Wolfe went to a cosplay thing <laughs> and was like, "I need yeah. someone to cosplay my shirtless cool guy." So I'm gonna write the coolest, most shirtless, most badass dude. Uh-huh. And then you create a novel that people read over and over and over again to then liberate Severian into the real world, into the higher reality. 
yep. our reality. Right. It's cosplay. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. it's kind of pre-bakes in. Catholic cosplay. It pre-bakes in that your Severian could look a little different than my Severian. That's right. Yeah. You mm-hmm. might be on the wrong timeline. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, uh, I, I can unfold a lot of that as we continue in the discussion where I see that coming into play because uh, this idea of multiple Severians, uh, just a little preview there. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand this is in some way a commentary on the drafting process, right? Sure. Uh, the first Severian we get told uh, has basically this same story. He's of the torturers. He gets exiled. He has, uh, I believe, Thecla is mentioned, but it, this is curious. It's not mentioned that he uh, takes the Alzabo. Um, yep, but right. then he goes to the war and he becomes the autark, but he did not. And that's the, this is the key difference. He did not carry the claw of the conciliator, uh, which, of course, we have no idea what Wolf was actually doing unless he's written some notes that are going to be like revealed later and we'll know exactly what he was up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what the drafting process was like in like the nitty gritty details. But with some other stuff that, again, I will talk about as we get there, uh, it, it's just hard for me not to read uh, a lot of the ending of this book as a commentary on authorship, creativity, textuality, mm-hmm. reception, interpretation. I mean, like mm-hmm. it, it, it really kicks off when he goes into uh, the like oubliette, right, to see various prisoners like this is a thing that Severian does like after he has this discussion with Palamon he like meets various uh prisoners and sort of hears their stories and like releases some of them but the first one that he gets to right uh this first guy he is brought before him and uh, he says we are no exultant we are your autark why are you here he rose then fell to his knees I am innocent believe me all right, I said, we believe you, but we want you to tell us what you were accused of and how you came to be convicted. Shrilly, he began to pour forth one of the most complex and confused accounts I have ever heard. His sister-in-law had conspired with her mother against him. They said he had struck his wife and he had neglected his ill wife, that he had stolen certain monies from her that she had been entrusted with by her father for purposes about which they disagreed. In explaining all this and much more, he boasted of his own cleverness while decrying the frauds, tricks, and lies of the others that had sent him to the oubliette. He said that the gold in question had never existed and also that his mother-in-law had used a part of it to bribe the judge. He said he had known uh, not known his wife was ill and that he had procured the best physician he could afford for her. Um, and this is like the process of reading the book, right? This is reading mm-hmm. Severian's account, which is weird and confused and seems to contradict itself at certain places in like very obvious ways. And what are we to do with this? We are to judge it, right? And we know that mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that the Autarch of Earth is supposed to do as uh, uh, like, you know, jetting off into space or whatever is to be judged. And so like, you know, big picture, like that's kind of my read on this, that um. Uh, the ending of the story is Severian coming into like the reader's hands. And then we read this book. We judge him. Right. We figure out who he is and what he means and what this story means and what are we to do with it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and a good little, uh, uh, you know, rhyming return here since the book begins with Severian judging stories. Right. Um, mm-hmm. For it to wrap back around here. Um, and, and you know, maybe importantly, um, the only ones that we that he ends up doing anything with, the, the ones that he he ends up uh, commuting their charges, are three who admit that they are guilty, or two of the three that admit that they are guilty. Um, uh, he does not do anything nice for the ones who claim to, to protest their innocence, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's re- really zero in, and nor the one that you just described, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of just moves past that one. Like, yeah, you're going to stay in here. <laughs> yeah, and that and that lady. That's such a well, cool, the, the like, third, Wolfian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, little moment, right? Where it's just a woman who uses children as furniture. Yeah, no yep. guilt, nothing, no issue here. Just hey, this is what I do, and he was like, "I, I think you need to be in here." <laughs> He's like, "Let me I'm try to heal go. you with the uh, the new claw." Oh, mm, doesn't seem like it's working. Yep. So, do we want to, you know, drill down into any of these like big maneuver moments? Because like we've got walk some through it. I think. Yeah. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. Which like we already started to a little bit, right? Because the thing that we are yeah. describing now is one of the first things here. Yeah, I guess the mm-hmm. first thing here is that you know the the sword. It's sad the sword broke. Not going to mm-hmm. get that sword back. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, the little, the little sideline thing or, or of, of, or the aside of, uh, Severian being like, but if I fix the new sun, what if the Asians are going to win? Cause they have laser weapons and maybe those yeah. are solar laser weapons. Our yeah. technology just isn't ready to do it. And, and also the past, the past, um, Altarks in my mind, some of them have the same fear, uh, that, and didn't do anything, you know, didn't go to, to do the trial because of it. Also, by the way, we learn in this, you know, kind of thrown away to, to correct something that I said last time. There mm-hmm. are other women in his mind. There were previous mm-hmm. women Altarks uh, because he describes the people in his mind uh, as being um, uh, our predecessor reached it by chance too. Oh, there's another thing here that I have to talk about, but our predecessor <laughs> reached the highest place by chance too, the, the Altarxy, uh, which we only touch faintly even now and are not with one or two exceptions, those of genius. Like the people in my brain are not geniuses who've been trained to be the Altark. Most quote are only common men and women, sailors and artisans, farm wives and wantons. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the rest are eccentric second rate scholars of the sort Thecla used to laugh at. Um, and I, I think there's something mm-hmm. interesting happening there too, uh, in regard to, I mean, the, one of the things we have to talk about here is he describes having reached this place by chance, um, yep. which uh, we talked about last time as being like, well, the system produces people to take the the autarxy. Is that chance? Religiously, is that grace? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. and more than that, the thing that's kind of happening here, it seems, is that it's it's. You know, it's one of the things that we talked about weeks ago now, you know, episodes ago, was that in the north, you know, the Asians were trying to turn supposedly all people into the same person. And here mm-hmm. in the south, the Altark is trying to be all people, right? right. You put all people into one. Um, but it also effectively, you know, there's this exchange about whether or not a Severian is the state, right? Master Playmon mm-hmm. says, you have become it. You are the state. And Severian says, we are not. The state is everyone else. You, the Castellan, the officers outside, we are the people, the commonwealth. I had not known it to myself until, until I spoke. And it's sort of like it short circuits the need for the Altark to represent the people because the Altark is a sort of aggregate of all types of people in a way that I don't think was clear in the last episode. I knew We knew that like, yeah. the cook... The, the Altarx cook was in there, but I think hearing this particular list of sailors and artisans, farm wives and wantons being all in there really broadens out what, what is being done here in a way that's about like, and thus the Altarx and the Severian is the universal, you know, mm-hmm. representative of humanity, which, which again, realigns him to some sort of broad, you know, can die for our sins type figure. 
Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it just like, you know, uh, hyper points out the Jesus allegory, yes, right? Like, 100%. There's not a lot of room to interpret the conciliator as anything other than that after those sentences. Yeah. Uh, what do y'all think about uh, whether the claw has power in it or not? Or do you think it's just Severian? I think that it's, I don't think it's, I don't think that it is uh, enough to talk about the claw at this point. I think we mm-hmm. learn too mm-hmm. much about the way the world works. Mm-hmm. To say anything is sufficient, the claw has power. Like the claw might have mm-hmm. power, right? right? But yeah, power but is it so much more distributed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. But I don't know that that means Severian doesn't have power. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. It glows. Right. I don't know. Maybe he <laughs> makes it glow. I don't know. Right. That's what I'm asking. It's right. just like a thing that's really directly put out in front of us. And it I think is. to like not look at it head on is, you know, dodging a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everything you're saying is right. You know, like mm-hmm. I agree with like what we were supposed to do is look at these three reasons and be like, that is not what's going on. Severian. <laughs> right. Like some <laughs> other shit is happening here that you are still unaware of somehow. Um, well, it but, introduces uh, yeah. this idea. Right. Which is which right. is actually one of my favorite things in this reading that like kind of brought me back on board. Um, he's, you're, you're describing this whole section. There's this whole section where he's talking to himself and saying like, God, I can't shake this question about whether the power has come from me or from the claw or the, both of the claws now. Um, it's 383 to 384 for people who are reading at home. Just right. This is the, I cannot mm-hmm. escape the thought that the power manifested both claws is drawn from myself. Da, 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 da. Yep. And he ends up laying out arguments for like, okay, I, and it's the stuff, this is the stuff that's like the fandom real kick off the debate for the fandom so they can go have it. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like, mm-hmm, hey, yeah. readers, you go have this. This is fun to do because this is the sort of like discursive play that I actually really want you to do. That's the way it reads for me. And so he walks through arguments for and against him having the power where the power came from. And even beyond that, you know, um, uh, he introduces a third option at the end, which is the, the thing I really love, which is he goes like, you know, <laughs> Abaya and Erebus and them, they are at a different level than us. They could kill us at any moment, but they want us as servants, and so they don't kill us. Is it, it is possible that the power of the claw, the claw taken from a growing thing so near their sea, comes ultimately from them. They knew my destiny as well as Asapago, Bar- uh, Barbados, and Famulimus, and they saved me when I was a boy so that I might fulfill it. After I departed from the Citadel, they found me again, and thereafter my course was twisted by the claw. Perhaps they hope to triumph by raising a torturer to the autarxy or to that position that is higher than the autarchs. Mm-hmm. And I really and, and love. In case you, uh, a listener, in case you've forgotten, right? That's uh, he's referring to when he was drowning. Yes, you know, he sees the woman yeah. underwater. They like kicks him up into the sky. Just the bear, the first, the the first chapter of the book, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The first book. Yep. Um, and I love this introduction of these this doubt that that you know, there's two pages in a row of being like. Is it in me? Is it the claw? Did God give this to me? Well, I, you know, I, I didn't have the claw when I did this, but when I brought Triskill back, but, you know, maybe the claw can move outside of time. Da, 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 da. And then this seeking, this, this kind of seeping in thought of like, it could be the baddies. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the space demons could have given this to me. I love the introduction of that because it, 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 it stops you from reading as if this is all going to get resolved because it right. opens the door that um, that that there is, you know, why not this? Which is always the question you have to ask for me when we're talking about miracles, right? Yes. Um, and it felt uh-huh. like we were moving away from that for so long. So, so to have it reintroduced was great. Yeah. 
No, I love that because uh, exactly right. This is this is precisely uh, the way that like historically, if you're talking about like miraculous or marvelous mm-hmm. or seemingly supernatural occurrences, if they are being filtered through a religious lens, this is the type of uh, interpretive sort of route that you will run like okay so anything that is incredible should come from god right okay so like that's simple like uh god you know used god powers to make this or that happen Mm -hmm. uh but if god appears to work through someone is God, and this is uh, uh, this is this is where you're going to get found several heresies when you're thinking about like <laughs> yes. the God Jesus relationship, right? Mm-hmm. To what degree is Jesus a thing that is like separate from God ontologically, or did Jesus as the Son always exist from the beginning of time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So, uh, not just uh, the the unified uh, place of power, right? But like once that power starts operating through multiple agents, how is that power being distributed? And then, of course, as as you're saying, Austin, the the third option always has to be, and what if the devil is there? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and like that's the thing. That there's another related thing here where he says, you know, if I'm the one who's going to fix the sun, if I'm going to put the white fountain in the sun, like I've been told, maybe I've had that power my whole life. Maybe he says, may it not be that I've I've been given almost unconsciously, if that expression may be used, the attributes of life and light that will belong to the renewed sun, and that is the like. Once you believe in miracles, yeah, literally anything is possible, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of people, we've talked about this, we've gone back and forth uh, about when you're, if you're reading this book as, as being about at least partially faith, um, I, I think that for some, and maybe for Gene, this opens up a great deal of hope because it means the sun can be healed. And it means mm-hmm. that, you know, someone somewhere can be born with the capacity to heal it as if for no reason except that they will grow to heal the sun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and that seems like a sort of radical hope that is ahistorical, that is, that is literally transcendent. Um, right. and it, it literally is Christian millenarianism. A hundred percent. Like yes. there's a word yes. for it, yes. right? Yeah. But, well, I want to be clear because I don't think it's limited to Christianity. It's I think not, that this is not. yeah, it's millenarianism broadly. I it guess. is yeah. exactly, um, um, but for a lot of other <laughs> you know people, it's deep. It, it invokes a deep despair because it means and and there's a little bit of reckoning with this here, I think, um, uh, but but not a lot. Which is like if that's true, um, then then it means that whatever god or system or force gifts Severian these powers, uh, the power to heal the sun is indifferent to all suffering beneath the bar of healing the sun. Right, that that is the only thing that direct. That is the one thing that this degree of direct involvement is 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 worth. And we get a lot here about how direct the involvement is. Uh, you know, not not in this particular exchange, but a, a little bit further on, and how so much of what the moments of direct involvement are are about causing suffering instead of. Going in and fixing problems, right? Yeah, I um, mean the the if if we go all the way back because it's such a monumental event in the books. If we go back to the um, dueling grounds, right? Yeah. Like the the whole book takes off, like the whole four books really take off because Severian should have died and did not, right? Mm-hmm. But that that is the the domino that kicks everything yep. else going down the thing. And if that had not happened, perhaps some previous Severian who had not lived, right? Right. Then then these things wouldn't happen, right? Like there is a and it's a moment of miraculous, um, inexplainable facticity, right? Right. The thing occurred. Severian died mm-hmm. and then woke up with his you know with the the ground against his back. You know there there's this break in the narrative that we talked about at that time. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, straight through and there are ways of reading also like other instances in the book where he um, 
has these kinds of break in narration as other mm-hmm. places maybe where he died, right? You know, there I think there's an open question about whether or not he dies in the first chapter. It's called a resurrection. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. So that seems to yeah. be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the question ends up being, is this happening for everyone? Is this only happening? Not the, the question. But one question, is this happening for everyone? Is this happening for Severian alone? Mm-hmm. Is this happening for a set of small well, some sort of, of solar cycle? It is a divine year. Is that what you want to talk about? Yeah, the divine year. This is some cool shit. It kind of bangs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm 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 uh wait, you know, when this is the opening of the uh like 144 part uh you know like Chi RPG podcast, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> you want to explain what a divine year is? Yeah. Who tells him? Is this is this is about Rubius, Rubius tells him? Yeah. 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 Mount Rubius basically says like um all of like time and its infinity is the rebooting of the universe and a kind of a a divine year is the slow revolution of the recreation of the universe over and over and over and over again. And eventually through that process, through the interminable suffering that it causes to, to repeat right from the big bang to the big crunch over and Mm -hmm. over and over again, or whatever we want to call it. There's a bunch of words here actually get used for it that eventually produces in the infinity of time, um, people who are able to jump out of that process and perceive all of time as one thing. Oh, they open a passage to Yassad. Let's yeah, be clear. To they yeah. open a passage to Yassad. You're right. Uh-huh. And then they paradoxically, their existence means that whole process happened for eternity. Mm-hmm. And so they are kind of looking at all of the revolution of all of potential universal history over and over and over again. And they are uh, perhaps potentially poking at stuff. Right. As things go in order to make their themselves exist. So it's like, what if people in the fullness of time created the conditions of their own emergence and it requ- and it required torture so substantial and massive that it's unthinkable. Well, wait a second. It all it actually, goes down. Because yeah. it's actually a little more, I'll make sure I'm getting this right, actually, because yep. maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm incorrect no, on, okay. on my read on this, but I want to make sure, which is. I'm ill. I know that. I know. You know, I so know I might be wrong. Right. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Accept all it. right. Yeah. So. The gods, not the gods, the humans eventually mm-hmm. figured out uh, the, the, something like humanity enough that Mel Rubius calls it humanity. Yep. Uh, uh, eventually, um, they break their ways out of the our kind of realm of existence, right? Um, and then, okay, no, it's not them. This is the thing that's important. This is the thing that I need it's to make It's still going sure for eternity. No, okay, it, sorry, it yeah. has to make the itself people, happen. The in one of these divine years, Mm-hmm. Humanity finds out about aliens or finds out about other people on other and other planets and stuff, right? And in other galaxies. And then they begin to torture those people. They, mm-hmm. they make those people, the yeah, second yeah. group of people, suffer until they're shaped into, quote, a race such as humanity wished it, its own to be, united, compassionate, and just. I was not told what became of the humanity of that cycle. So in that mm-hmm. divine year where this new group, this like humanity prime was created, they might have died. We don't know. He says, perhaps it survived into the implosion of that universe, then perished. Perhaps it evolved beyond our recognition. But the beings humanity had shaped into the men yeah. and women, who, uh, what men and women wished to be, the students, right? Um, mm-hmm. Wished to, mm-hmm. uh, they escaped to Yassad. Not the not the humans from that time, but particularly the, the, those who were made to suffer, Right. Mm-hmm. I think that is the beastmen of that universe, right? Yeah. Basically, I, right. You are correct, right? But in in the final kind of calculus, right? Like they by looking, you know, the next thing he says, um, 
from that vantage point, they look both forward and back. Yes. And so looking, they have discovered us, right? And so like the, I think the mechanics here, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong here, right? Mm-hmm. Like the mechanics are that the people who were tortured by Humanity Prime need to create the conditions under which they were they get tortured. tortured by Humanity Prime yes. for eternity yes. across every solar year. Maybe, that, maybe that's no, wrong. No, they're mm-hmm. only tortured in one solar year. Then they escape. Yes. One divine year, not solar Right, year. but that would repeat for forever, right? Because... No, there's no reason for it because divine years are what all of time is made up of. They've yeah, gone yeah. to an area above that, an yeah, area yeah, above yeah. that where they yeah. can see, they they can look at, we might be in that divine year, you know? Yeah, but phenomenologically for someone in the divine year, it would look like the universe rebooting over and over again. It's only for the people in Yassad who were right, able to correct. perceive that thing yes, you're yes, talking yes. about, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Gotcha. Right, right, right. Uh, there's there's some question of like repetition and difference here, right? Perhaps mm-hmm. it was yeah. we who shaped them or yes. our sons or our fathers. So yeah. like linear yeah, temporality I'm, I'm doesn't necessarily, right, yeah. right. Linear temporality doesn't necessarily matter now. here, right? Yeah. It, it could uh-huh. be like our universe gets rebooted and then the next universe creates these things who then go back in time. Or it could be uh, the universe that created ours created them. And like we're... Uh, it, it, it could go in either direction. Right. Uh, and then it says, however it may be, they shape us now as they themselves were shaped. It is at once their repayment and their revenge. Yep. Uh, and this is also something to plug into, uh, you know, the we would we, see what had been made was not a new race like humanities, but a race such as humanity wished its own to be united, compassionate and just, uh, you know, some sort of like, oh, you make your own symbols, but then the symbols mm-hmm. make oh, yeah. you. Right. Mm-hmm. The student. Right. You know, th- mm-hmm. we get this kind of repetition of creation. Are these the people who the uh, statues in the House Absolute that are these the people they're modeled huh. after? Do you think that's interesting? That's fun. Yeah, maybe they're it like they're You know, this is the exact description, right? They're well, like humans, but they're like a step beyond. Right? Aren't we're sorry. Aren't the hero duels the ones? Didn't didn't we get the hero duel removed double mask? And then underneath that was the thing that looked closest to the statues mm. in yes, like, that was Valdander's castle. Yeah, yeah, that I know what you're talking about. Venomous. I don't remember. Which also, by um, the way, we learned the hero duels are like angels or or like Gandalfs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love a Gandalf. Give, yeah, me a, yeah, yeah. give me a, put a Gandalf in every book. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a crime novel. Gandalf Put a Gandalf in there. Yeah. yeah, he's like, you gotta get the ancient gun. <laughs> blast, uh, start blasting. <laughs> start, you gotta start blasting. That's Gandalf. Sam, there's a dame here. Start blasting. <laughs> but this is also where, where Zavarian says... Um, you know, uh, uh, basically they're holding with these tongs, the tongs of, of uh-huh. the, the hero duels are their tongs. Effectively. We are held in the forge. Yeah. The hammer mm-hmm. they wield is their ability to draw their servants back down the corridors of time and to send them hurtling forward into the future. Uh, and then later on earth, at least their anvil is the necessity of life. Our need in this age to fight against an ever more hostile world with the resources of the depleted continents, because it is as cruel as the means by which they themselves were shaped, there is a conservation of justice. But mm-hmm. when the new sun appears, yeah. it will be a signal that at, la- or that at least the earliest operations of the shaping are complete. And the thing I love is like, what is being, sh- which, which shaping operation is this? Mm-hmm. Is it that they are being shaped uh, is, is it our shaping to more just to more just? Is it humanity being shaped by mm-hmm. this other o- outside, you know, species into something more just? Or is this actually the shaping again forever? Is this a looping internal? They are well, creating themselves yeah. through us, you know? Yes, I think it's a both and. Yeah, I don't necessarily be. think that the people on Earth are human. 
right? Like sure. that's what Jonas mm-hmm. says. That's Jonas what, yeah. is like, yeah, what yeah. the hell are you talking about? Yeah, right. Totally. So like, mm-hmm. if you take that seriously, right. And whether we do or not, you know, it's kind of our own decision, right? It's a, it's an act of judgment. That's mm-hmm. a big chunk of what's going on here. But if you take that seriously and the other things I've been poking on since the beginning, right. I'm not sure exultants are human in any way mm-hmm. that we would think about that. Right. Yeah. Um, it does kind of lock in here and whether you find that compelling or not, it's whatever. I, I do need to say a thing here that's vitally important, which is that early on in the show, I said it would eventually turn into us just reading big sections of the book here to we one go. another. And here we are <laughs> I mean, reading full you paragraphs. You gotta. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. just very funny that like, you know, much like the people in Yassad, I was able to look backward and forward oh. in time and know what we would do because of who we are. Right. <laughs> Our symbols made us, dog. Yeah, but you can't change it. You can only I reread it. I can't. I can't change it. I knew it would happen. But in reading, I wrote it in my journal and I took a picture with like the, that day's newspaper. <laughs> saying in reading, I knew we would do it. Aren't you recreating yourself in some way? Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't isn't George 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 R. R. Martin? Mask off, Gene Wolf, sir. Who's George? Yeah, he removes the first mask and George R. R. Martin uses the second mask, and it's one of the statues in the house. Actually, um, Gene. Is is Gene not causing us to suffer by by making us go through this until we evolve to a higher self? Who could I mean, I can tell you this. He's having a ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever your opinion is. He's having oh, a yeah. grand all time here in the last five chapters. Yeah. Uh, and now everyone hopefully understands why I was like, we got to do it. This is this got to be its own episode here. Oh, at yeah, the end. for we sure. Gotta, we got to have time to read to put in here. Uh, Michael, thoughts about all this stuff from from the, the history of the universe on on down? Uh, I mean, I think I've said, you know, what I can say about that. And it actually bridges us forward because I would say the next little chunk of reading is where we get uh, two variations on this. Uh, This is something that Mm -hmm. I've pointed at throughout the run of this show where I've talked about the way that this uh, series is thinking about like the role of art and like Mm -hmm. what is art as art as this thing that again, that we make and in some ways like embodies ideals and might uh, therefore, paradoxically inspire those ideals and people who have nothing to do with the art to begin with. Uh, we get two kind of versions of that. Uh, we get the first one is Rudisend when he shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you said, that's it's actually pretty simple, right? For Rudisend, like he's a restorationist, right? Like he, yeah. he is there to preserve art. He is he is finding the good art, the art that he likes, and mm-hmm. he is respectful toward it and he wants to keep it going, right? That that you shouldn't that, be so mean to them old fellers. Yep. He, you know, he really gets the he gets like some real uh, finger wagging in there. He does. Yeah. Right. You know, wait a young second. People need to know their history. That's we right. can't jump to Father or Father Rudison. We can't jump to Rudison. Because mm-hmm. have we mentioned at all the little homunculus? I love that little uh, homunculus. That, the, the guy from Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that actually comes up maybe in the middle of this. Did I? Yeah, it, did it's, I not it's, it's the beginning head. of Father right. Anira's letter. It's 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 yeah. that chapter, chapter 35. He's just hanging out in the quarters in the Citadel, walking mm-hmm. around. This is where he has a little microcosm. And then he's like, um, uh, and then also there was like a there was yes. like a big, you know, uh cabinet it, or like uh, a big old kombucha just hanging out. And in there, yeah, mm-hmm. it's because it's like it's like a it's like a in a it's in liquid, right? Yeah. This yeah. being um, which is a like a uh what do you call it? A mandrake, right? Like this kind of like yes. human looking, you know, or like humanoid looking plant root thing, except classically lots of fables of those coming alive, running around, biting you, cursing you, mm-hmm. etc. cetera. Uh, Pan's labyrinth. We've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um uh and there's one just in here, and mm-hmm. he talks to it. This is yep. chilling. I love this conversation. It's so good. It's some of the best yeah. writing in the whole book. It's really good. You want to explain Break the glass? Yeah. 
Yeah. Let me die. Kill me. I, look, I love here. a trapped little goblin who wants to die. <laughs> he wants like, to I just, yeah. It's good. Yeah. He's like trying to trap Severian in a conversational, like, come on, man. If you're, if you're really the guy you say you are, you'll, you'd break the glass. You know, you'd let me die. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and 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 then like tries to play on his his anger, um, on Thecla's anger. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, I was gonna say, I if have you had had her here. glands, you would have done it. Uh huh. Right. Mm-hmm. I I. It's perfect. I mean, now you can hear like all the other times where I've like been like, well, Thecla's pretty angry. You know, yeah. like that's mm-hmm. a thing because it, you know it literally gets cashed out here very directly. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It's good, but also yep. Severian overpowers that emotion. Yep. Right? He, he in the sh- last instance, he can dominate Thecla's desire and he can uh, uh escape the wiles of uh this weird little mandrake that personifies despair because that would be my my spin on this right mm-hmm. that's right this it's a uh, specifically when it's trying to rankle thecla it mentions her suicide mm-hmm. right uh like this is uh despair is not just a random word right despair is a word that is very freighted in catholic theology despair is a sin right yeah. it is it is the sin of hopelessness of belief that there is nothing uh uh no remedy to anything right you no no belief in belief at all and so it's uh this mandrake right it, it talks about itself as um as like an abortion or as like a miscarriage right it's a thing that never lived uh, it was never born. It is. It looks like some sort of weird embalmed fetus, right? Even right. though it's like talking, uh, mm-hmm. and all it wants is for Severian to like give in and kill it, right? And so mm-hmm. there's a, a weird little like thing going on there with that, right? That like uh, uh, the the strength of choosing uh, to keep this thing alive, even though. Uh, it wants you to believe that it is nothing but misery and darkness, right? You this think is- this is another Severian? Oh, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brother. I mean, we all hear a brother. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah definitely. Right. Uh, we, he, you know, the the little exchange there of like, oh, but if you're if you're unliving, then I'd like to, you know, I'd rather you just wait around while we try to figure out how to make you live. Uh, and that is where he hits he hits Thecla with the oh, and when you were in prison here, Thecla, and the boy brought you the knife, why didn't you look for more life then? Mm-hmm. And the answer, I mean, the answer is because of the revolutionary. Dog, like literally, <laughs> yeah. the torture device produced despair in her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which, which you know, recasts that even even further. The idea of of this being putting that on Thecla is is really telling, you know. Mm-hmm. So fun. Then we have the Rudison conversation that kind of like runs through what we talked about. I I think this is really fun here at mm-hmm. the end of the book to be it's like, nice remember to that back. guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is, we're kind of playing the hits. You know, but yeah. but uh, this is isn't this this is this is Gene saying last time, or I guess Severian saying last time, better to have resolution than than you know than uh, through a Deus Ex Machina. And in some mm-hmm. ways, Rudison showing up is as much of a Deus Ex Machina as anything else. Well, this is also the end of uh, Proust of In Search of Lost Time. This is the final book. The final book is essentially one big party, and he died before he was able to edit the book. And so it has all these very weird kind of miraculous recoveries oh, where characters who died in the previous books just show back up. And it's literally, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, it's like a couple hundred pages of just a big party. And so it kind of gets read sometimes. You know, is that an error? You know, did Proust mm-hmm. make that you know a mistake in continuity? Or is it kind of this freighted, you know, in one's life, you know, these things kind of appear to you in this kingdom of heaven style thing. And this kind of playing the hits that you're talking about feels a lot like that, right? Where it's just like everyone that we've known about from the past is going to show back up. They all get their little thing. (laughs) 
Um, we and, are re- you know, truly just starting, you know, the rest, like <laughs> yes. all of the rest of this reading is that exact thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what we should do. Proust. Let's do Proust on the show. It'll is take that a genre? Years. Is that, does that count? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sad French people. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's its oh, own genre. Yeah, <laughs> talking about yeah, yeah. French modernism. We'll get yeah, so okay, many good cool. shirts out of that. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a section where he like looks up and he sees a plane and he's like, "What the fuck is that?" No, that's it's Severian. I think of Severian again. This is <laughs> this right. is the yeah, devil yeah, looking in. the flyer. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but no, it's a great part of of you know, it's like midway through. Maybe it's in like the third book or something. But he just looks God. up, and he hears a noise, and he's like, "What could that be? Like, what is that?" <laughs> um, and it's great because it's like literally just Proust writing about the first time he saw a plane. Yeah, it's very good. Literature is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually a very interesting detail here that I just want to point out because it's probably, it was the one, uh, thing here that really like struck me as new this time. Something I hadn't thought about before is Rudison offhandedly mentioning that not all the cacogens are on humanity's side. Yeah. And then I that's repeated that. in, uh, father Anire's letter, right? That there are, he's, he, uh, Anire right, right, mentions right. like, uh, basically, the, this letter is also great too because oh, it's so good. Aniri <laughs> is just like, all right, so you just became Autark. Here's all your responsibilities yeah. for the entire planet. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it's like, oh, there's a job to do here, right? Like part of the uh-huh. effect of this letter, which you know, it, it's as you say, it's it's Aniri being like, yeah, hey, you know, I just heard about what happened. I tried to help you out, but it just didn't line up. Uh, quick update: Aji is voterless now. That seems cool. Uh, she'll be useful, you know, like the voters was useful. It's better to keep her, keep the whole system mm-hmm. running. Da, 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 da. Also, uh, we're in some negotiations for some more artillery equipment. Uh, I'm going to do my best, <laughs> but you know, it's like, it's hard to win those negotiations, hard to get good deals. You know, they want a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and then like, we're going to move the people over here and, you know, uh, the, the Tarantines and your, uh, Antrustians and the city legions, they were hit real hard. And, and the effect of reading all of this is that it convinces you that like, you, know, you might be reading this and going like, well, is all the shit fake, right? Like, is any of it real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whether it's real or not, it's still up in the up, up, you know, in the air. Maybe this letter is uh, is is also a product of deception or something. But the effect of reading it is that the battle with the Asians is real and that to be an Altark is to be someone who has a job to do. Oh, and yes. A filled dance card. Like you have you're there's a lot of this meeting could have been an email if you're the Altark. <laughs> yeah, if it, there's a, I, I love the letter because you think you're going to get the letter from from you know F- Father Inire, and it's going to be like here are you know are the mystical cheat <laughs> yes. codes right yes. for reality. Yes, and you find out he's just some guy. You yeah, know, like right, he, he is involved in logistics. Yes. Right, you know, he is like actively as I love how he says this. Um, uh, I myself have been, yeah, I myself have been forced to travel south otherwise and much more slowly. The time may come soon when my cousins are ready to side, not just with humankind, but with us. Uh, but yeah. for the present, they persist in viewing Earth as somewhat less significant than the many other colonized worlds and ourselves on part. And then we get there are other like. Uh, uh, sort of groups here, right? The Ashians, and then there's a mention of the Xanthoderms. Yeah, yeah. the Xanthoderms. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah, what's going on there? Are they like uh, pack? Are they like golden pachyderms? What yeah, I they? don't know. Like Xanthoderm means yellow like xanth- skin. Yellow skin, right? Yikes. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, mm. here we go. I had to really mm. work through it for a second and yep. get to. Wait a second. I I went to pachyderm because it's fun, uh-huh. but yeah. Xanthoderm is just bad. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got the skin part, yeah. um, but the yeah, rest yeah, of it, yeah. no good. Yeah. Not so great. Yeah, so uh, great. yeah. this is often pointed to as like one of the like, Ugh, Gene, yeah. Gene. <laughs> you know, like 
One of, one of the several things in the book, right? Uh, and it's like such a tossed off whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but before we get there, I really like this, uh, the image we get of a uh, Father Anire, like he's politicking with the other yeah. Catechins, right? Yeah. yeah. Like for whatever reason, he is on humanity's side and he is he's like- He's going to out- Coruscant. He's, yeah. he's calling out to the Catechin <laughs> Senate. He is like a Star Wars dude. He is. Yeah. I, I love that the like, Father and I are scrambling around in the north and doing stuff that we got from the previous book. It's like, yeah, that's real. He's literally just scrambling around in some tents trying to do some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a dude with a knife. You know, he's not a wizard. He, like, occasionally will abduct a child or whatever, right? But he's mostly just some dude. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, of course, right? Because this is a book of guilds and brotherhoods and and logistics right and mm-hmm. and how does the river move and where are the buildings built and at the end of every book including this one uh, a, a ridiculous appendix that is about how, how they measure distance or what their armor is made of right so like mm-hmm. yeah the the big secret wizard of this book the merlin of this book is actually going to be like your depart you know your your, your uh, secretary of state effectively you know mm-hmm. yeah um, so yeah uh, it's fun. It's a fun re- reveal here. Uh, and, you know, there is still some some magic in it all in some ways. It's just the magic in it has been under undercut. Like, there's that great line about how, like, listen, you might you might consider that the ship that I sent to send you was, like, not as good as it could be. I got to tell you, man, it's the best that I could get you in the time, you know? And yeah. it's like, yeah, it was a magical ship with... You know the the all of the the powerful shit that that we've seen from the most powerful highest parts of the autarxy, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's just like it's the they scrambled the XCOM interceptor that was closest to where the altar yeah. was. You know, yeah, it's great. They were like, mm-hmm. we gotta get the plane from underneath the mansion. Professor X has been using; he's been running that thing hard. Exactly. I guess we'll send it right. Like that's just what we've got. And then the note of. And listen, any news you have of Abaya's incursions, you're going to have more better info than me because you're already to the south. Yes, huh? I love Excuse that. Excuse me? Who? What? What? Uh-oh. You know more about Cthulhu than I do. Yeah. I'm present. I just don't know enough. Yeah. I, I think every part of it is just, you know, like nearly perfect. The in terms of like Father Inayer's like whole deal, I the revelation here being not one, you know, that like, yeah. like you said, being the autark is a job. Yep. Um, and the autark being the autark and whatever Severian is for the universe, right? It's like you have a day job and also you're Jesus, and like <laughs> you have to put those things together. And it really lines up with like all the stuff that we've seen so far that I've read a little bit about, and I'll read more in the Earth and New Sun episode of the stuff that I've been reading. But, you know, Gene Wolfe, like, doubling down on a historical Jesus, right? Like, mm-hmm. there was a guy who was the son of God and also kind of God who did carpentry shit. You know, that was, like, his right. life. Right. And then he also saved humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for Gene Wolfe, that's just fact. That is truth. And this is a book that's, like, at least in the end, trying to, like, really suture those things together, right? Like, how do you take it seriously? Well, you get a letter about logistics and then go from there. <laughs> I do think maybe this forgives some of my beef uh, with the previous Altarks who didn't go do the space trial. Um, they're busy. They <laughs> yeah. do have other things to do. Uh, you know, from the Altark that we'd met, it seemed as if as the Altark, you just kind of fucked around and like went and <laughs> ran the brothel. Or, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, maybe this war would be going better, dude. If you were attending to your duties instead of trying mm-hmm. to like find a second job. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know that we you need to be moonlighting. I think you need to be uh, trying to figure out the sedition among the Pirellians or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a big issue. <laughs> All of this like weird <laughs> sedition going on. It yeah. seems like a huge problem. <sighs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, but so then, then what? Then Doctor mm-hmm. Talus comes back, and we get what I think is kind of the the second commentary on art. Oh, you know, can we say the thing really quickly just about um, Agia takes over Vodalus' oh, yeah. job, and that's just oh, like part so of the good. deal. It's yes. just like, yep. here's how it is. Yep. If we if we made Severian cosmically, right? <sighs> you got to make an Agia cosmically to right. like make the thing work. I love that. I well, you can cool. read in my uh, my treatise uh, on how Agia is actually our savior. Uh, because the <laughs> sin she takes on is much greater, yeah. and the suffering she takes on is is just m- much deeper than what Severian yeah. has to go to. It, it it's kind of, cool. Yeah, it's, it's great. great. It's great. I, I'm shocked. I mean, I think it has to do with the Gene Wolfe estate being in you know a mess or something, right? But um, now that we're in this world of like official sequels to classic novels, yeah. the AGR rewrite is just like so. I it's was right reading. there. It's I mean, right it, there. I mean, yeah, it's like it's there by design, basically. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like we are at this moment to see her as this counter narrative that has been running throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Also, this fixed something for me um, in terms of my interpretation of the previous thing, which is previously I had read Vodalus as being the Altarks bodyguard, because that's a line that's said, and mm-hmm. then um and then turned against him. But what I now understand is or the way I'm reading it now is that Vodalus was the bodyguard of, bodyguard of the person who would become the Altark mm-hmm. in the same way that Aegea was the nemesis of Severian who would become the Altark, right? Yeah. That there's, mm-hmm. I, I'd forgotten that the Altark perhaps had a life before the Altark, see, because that's, even though that's the whole thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so that that kind of, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe there, Vodalus no, was in right. House Absolute or something. But, and I didn't want to say that before, but right, I, totally. I do think well, that Which that you could have right. gotten, and, and I could have gotten it then too. I was just, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're reading a lot. But here, thinking about Aegean, thinking about the idea of like, oh, no one really gets why Aegea has become the new Vodalus and so mm-hmm. determined to overthrow the Altarxy because it has nothing to do with the Altarxy. It predates the Altarxy. It, right. it is about this other relationship that fell apart, you mm-hmm. know? And and the kind of stapled in thing here, which is like, once you are the Autark, you were always the Autark, right? right? Like that, yes. that's like yes. the linguistic trick that happens here. Yes. You were always the Autark from the beginning. So it like makes these other statements that happened earlier, I think make a little bit more sense or be a little bit more coherent because when they say, you know, he was my bodyguard, Right. It's because I was always the Autark, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you can make that kind of leap yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Right. Great. Love the cycle. Love to see. <laughs> and again, this is one of those things that's like eminently filmable, right? Mm-hmm. Because whatever – however you introduced Vodalus in, the, in the, the trees – in the book two section of your of your mini series of this, you show at you know Aegea in the same garb you know on the throne on or whatever mm-hmm. on the, the forest throne of Vodalus you know mm-hmm. uh, with with Hathor there you know next to her the way Th- Theo was next to Vodalus you know yeah oh what happens to Theo is such a bummer it's a bummer because yeah. here it is again his paramour yeah. the Shadowland Thea at first attempted to gain control of those Myrmidons. Uh, who were about him at his death, but she is by no means fitted to lead them and still less to hold in check those in the South. Yeah. So, bummer. She can't do it. Yeah. I bet her uh. sister could have done it. Thecla could have done it. <laughs> Thecla Vodalus. Yeah, that's pretty uh, fun. Yeah, I, a couple things happen here, but we can maybe talk about all the talking to the journeyman stuff all at one time. Michael, you wanted to jump to Dr. Talos, which I, I also love this little piece too. Yeah, yeah. It's like one day, Severian says, basically, uh, I received a visitor. It was Dr. Talos. He was back. Hmm. Hmm. 
And it's cool because, you know, it's, it's nice to see him come back. Uh, it was Dr. Talus. He appeared to be in funds and he had dressed himself for the occasion in a capot of red velvet and a chechia of the same material. His face was still that of a stuffed fox, but it seemed to me at times some hint of life crept into it that something or someone now peered through the glass eyes. Uh, and Talos has come because it turns out he and Severian have a bit of unfinished business. Uh, but at first they have to walk through some stuff because Severian is, of course, immediately concerned that Talos is being used as a spy for Baldanders. And that's what you said in your summary, Cameron, that Talos says once he jumped in the lake, I didn't see him anymore. Uh, but I still like go to uh, I love that detail where he says he, he goes to the bends of rivers and leaves stacks of coins for him. Mm hmm. Oh, that's, that's so good. It's so good. Yeah, he's got devotion. He's devoted yeah. to his, yeah. his creator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and he explains kind of like what his take on, on the deal with Baldanders is, right? Because Severian is almost not sure that he even survived. He says, oh, he definitely survived. You didn't know him as I did, Severian. Breathing water would be nothing to him. Nothing. He had a marvelous mind. He was a supreme genius of a unique sort. Everything turned inward. He combined the objectivity of the scholar with the self-absorption of the mystic. Uh and yeah. Severian says, Hell oh, so yeah, yeah he, he he experimented on himself and he says, no, he experimented upon the world and then spent the proceeds upon himself, uh, which is this is more tying into what I said about Baldander's way back during the that confrontation yep. where he's, uh, you know, he, he is made to stand in for a certain type of uh, scientist in, in the most explicit terms. But I think there's anything here, anything like a, an intellectual endeavor that is not turned toward, you know, the the uh, greatness of God or, or some mm -hmm. greater purpose other than self-enrichment. Right. Or at least that at least um, uh, recognizes that it happens through God somehow. Right. That right. There's a there's a specific thing here of the like. Uh, Bald Anders, you know, uh, is his own creation. "Quote: He he stood behind himself and cut uh, cut him off from the linking uh, the line linking the rest of us with the increate." Right. Uh, sadly, uh, Gene is coming for behind our efforts were our efforts a little bit here because because <laughs> yeah. the, the kind of claim here is that for something to be natural and good, it it must stand. You know, it must allow God to stand behind it. Right. God has mm -hmm. to be the 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 first mover, and in some in some instance, the idea that you would inter intersect. Uh, or not intersect, but intercept God's plans with your own, you know, and, and, you know, use yours instead is unnatural. And, and, you know, we really, you could really take a fine scalpel to this whole book and be like, does it always add up that way? And I don't mm -hmm. know if it always adds up that way, but there's a certain, there's certainly a pattern here between Jolenta and Jonas and, and Bald Anders, which we've talked about at length. Right. Mm -hmm. And here, yeah, Talos is described as having a life behind his eyes in a way that's supposed to be like, good you know like oh he's right. kind of he's kind of shaken it away you know that whatever control baldanders had or grown some sort of more natural life inside of himself who could say right and well and that's uh but he's still kind of the same guy because yeah. he, what he has come to do is to give severian some money that he owed him from way back in shadow of the torturer uh, when they had their first uh, proceeds that they were splitting up there was one coin that they were going to they didn't know what to do with because it was false and it was going to go to Severian. And so uh, uh, Talos has come back. I owed you this false coin. And so he hands it over. Uh, and this is immediately linked up with Severian uh, realizing that the coin that he was given by Vodalus in uh, the graveyard way back at the beginning of the first book is also counterfeit. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got oh. a counterfeit coin from the guy who was your hero. Like thematically, we, we can see what's happening there. But yeah. uh 
in terms yeah. of what's happening with Talos here that I think is really fascinating and really interesting, right, is like, uh, this is the other take on art, right, is that art is a type of con artistry. Uh, it's a type of, um, it, it's fake, but it's going to let you know that it's fake, right? Like, uh, Talos is extremely clear, like, I owed you a fake coin, and so I am giving you this fake coin. Uh, and it is, I think, there where we see uh, the light coming in behind his eyes, right? This idea that this thing that is ultimately mm. false, ultimately fake, you know, Gene Wolfe, if he thought that all art was, like, fake and bad, would not have written this book, right? There there has mm -hmm. to be some way for uh, uh, his religious impulse to work through his fiction as well. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, when we see Baldanders uh, pushed into the background and Talos allowed to stand on his own, right? The, the artificial thing standing on his own, uh, maybe even some goodness seeps in despite his... his uh, past right right well and, and it isn't laundered right he doesn't he, he explicitly says i had to come do this to my, myself because if i had tried to give this false coin to the soldiers they would have killed me on the spot mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. don't you don't you have a device that blows someone up that explodes someone slowly he he says <laughs> at one point um yeah. uh which is extremely scary but the idea of being like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the fake money but i'm gonna give it to you to your face it, it, gene is I, I can i can extend the read that you just said i think that that makes a lot of sense to me right that that art given directly not laundered through some sort of you know other process uh, uh, that that doesn't try to hide what it is is uh, it, you know something yeah something it's honest falsity yeah 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 exactly here's the deal I just love a terrible little goblin made by Satan okay <laughs> that's what I like about Doctor Talos I like that he is you know that whatever the allegory you want to put on Baldanders here right uh huh Doctor Frank I love his little homunculus of of an asshole who's like going around throwing shit in the lake. It's cool to me. <laughs> uh, what yeah. is also cool to me is the next thing Severian does, which is find a, a, the coolest Destiny 2 gun. <laughs> right? Yes! It's, so it's like the most badass oh. video game. You know what I mean? Like This it, is such a vaudeville scene. This is like mm -hmm. a Marx Brothers gag. Yeah. Arthur, you gotta go through all of the different <laughs> drawers to find the laser gun. Oh! <laughs> Exactly true. It's that shit. And he's like, and I went through one. And the first time I went through, I read all of the lore. Like I read it, but this time I'm just looking for something to light the fire with. And he finds it. And he's like, you know, I based on how a bow and arrow works, I guess I'm gonna blast this thing. And I, he gets it wrong, right? Yeah. He like misunderstands it. He I like puts he it might, on full blast. I think yeah. he puts it on full blast and causes thunder to happen. Yeah. It's rad. It it's sounds cool. sick and it did trigger the gamer brain in me that was like, <laughs> I wanna I wanna shoot that gun in a video game. Yeah, yeah, no, I I could picture it in my head like uh like the Fallout UI of like looting yes. the table. Yeah, a hundred percent. You got to do vats on the yeah, and it's like vats of the homunculus. Nope, not trying to do that one. Vats on the on the table. Nope, not trying to do that. Vats on the fireplace. Yeah, here we go. God, <laughs> it's so good. We get the zoom in on Severian. Well, and it's cool because it's and you know. This is what GW's letter ends up being about. The appendix ends up being about the different types of guns. Yeah, you weren't. You, I know it's gene typing. You know, like I know you're wondering about that cool gun. I yeah, dude, <laughs> and I was. Yeah, this me is a too. category three gun. It turns out the gun from space, a gun yeah. that we couldn't have possibly made here on Earth. Unlike the other weapons, the thing I like is, that. like, and it I has like, like that he's scared of it, and then also is like, I want to keep this bad boy. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, start blasting. There's a real, you know, he ends up giving it away. I expected he him does. when he picked it up. I was like, oh shit! In the next book, <laughs> he's he's gonna like he's gonna he's he's multi-classed. You know, he's prestige class. He's changed <laughs> from swordsman to gunslinger. Mm -hmm. 
You know? Yeah. yeah. But he's not voteless. That's voteless, right? right? That's, that's multi-class and into scamp or, yeah, or rogue, yeah, yeah, right? Rogue. He's not yeah. that. Yeah. So he has he's to putting, give it away. He's putting 22 points in the strength. You he know, has he's to give it away down. to someone who I can't decide whether it's his father or his son. Uh, we'll both. get there. I think it's his father. It might be both. I don't know. I don't know. On that. <laughs> me, me neither. Um, do we want to mention that, like, speaking of the other coin, speaking of the mm-hmm. the brassy, shiny, you know, for, forged coin, mm-hmm. uh, he goes back and gets that coin. He brings hey, his you remember, boys. Uh, what's in that mausoleum? Austin, this is a quiz. I've asked you many times. What's in the mausoleum? Well, now I remember the coin, which I had forgotten mm-hmm. until the, the little spell he did. Yep. Uh, the where I put you there, you lie. Never let a stranger spy spell. I'd forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. But also uh, there is the the, you know, seal. There is the the the, the sigil of mm-hmm. himself. It seems maybe mm-hmm. it does seem that way. Yeah. And oh. uh, and also what else? What else is on there? Well, on the sigil? Yeah. With a ship, it's, uh, uh-huh, it's yeah. uh, what a little spaceship. Is there a rose. Is there a rose on there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a third thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael, you remember some sort of fountain? Oh, fuck off! Is it? Is <laughs> yeah. it the white fountain? Is just on there? I think every other time I've said it's a laser gun, but I do think it is the white. Fountain. Yeah, it's it's the, <laughs> yeah, it's sure. a fountain. Yeah, yeah, because I went back and looked. Okay, uh, that makes like sense. Ninety nine percent. So wait, but that mm, okay, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's how ahead. I feel about the end of this book. That little <laughs> like, little sound, that little arc, <laughs> kombucha face is kind of oh yeah okay I get it. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't let kombucha face leave. By the way, the little kombucha guy. No. Oh yeah, he doesn't let that guy out. Yeah. Correct. No, that guy's living still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Psychic sure. as hell. Um, but yeah, he goes back there with uh, Drot and Roche and uh, Ada. Is that the third one? Or does mm-hmm. Ada not go for this one? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But they all go back. You know. Yeah. Sometimes, particularly stuff. in the sleepy hours around noon, there was a little to watch. There was little to watch. Then I turned again to the blazon over the door and wondered what a ship, a rose, and a fountain had to do with me, and stared at the funeral bronze I had found and cleaned and set up in a corner. We may not have been clear on this, but the claw comes from Rosebush, right? Yeah, yeah. on the mm-hmm. sea near on the, the seaside. Sea yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we did say that because I, I, you know, I believe I asked you this exact question in that episode. Okay, good. Good. Um. Uh. In the light that pierced the little window, I examined his face, the like bronze, uh, uh-huh. his face and meditated on my own as I saw it in the polished metal. My straight nose, deep set eyes and sunken cheeks were much like his. And I longed to know if he, too, had dark hair. Yeah, dude, he did. <laughs> he more than likely did. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so he meets up with his bros. Yeah. And they go they go hang out in the, in the graveyard. And it's it's a real you can't go home again. Like, you know, <laughs> what darling, I mean? particularly darling. when you're the odds Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. It's like, don't call me the altar, guys. Call me Sev. Mm-hmm. I'm just the same old guy you've you ever been. But then he's like, damn, they look young. They don't look I like love they the went bit. through it. I love the bit in the last chapter where he makes it very clear that everything we've just read occurred over the course of one incredible summer. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like so it's good. true, though. He does and say it, that. It literally ends with like, have you ever had any friends like you did when you were raised by the torturers? Oh, my God. Roche went to the north and died. <laughs> It's so funny. Drop oh. became a master, but not before he had some bad things happen to him. Mm-hmm. I can't say anything about that now. Severian <laughs> went to space. <laughs> it was launched into the sun. <laughs> it's oh, good. It's, it's fun. So but yeah, funny. so they like hang out. We don't really know why they're hanging out. You know, we don't really get a good sense. I Two mean, things kind of happen. Sense, I get the sense that he's like, I'm not going to go to the fucking graveyard by myself. <laughs> I'm scared. 
I'm scared. I have to have like a little retinue of dudes. Yeah. Um, well, there's a little bit too of like he has already decided what he's going to do with the torturers, right? He is yeah. not disbanding them, but he will reform them critically uh-huh. and basically torture them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, only a good man can torture. You know, that's what Palamon says last uh, in the last oh, reading that we did. True. And maybe there's something sitting with that. But yeah. And then they go. Hey, do you feel like it mm-hmm. sucks that Gerlos doesn't really show up here? It is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I need the Gerlos spinoff special, too. <laughs> He's just listening to Rush. I think he might <laughs> like be 250 just pages of listening to Rush. Listening to Rush. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's like, there's unrest in the forest. There is trouble with the trees. <laughs> Rush Rush was done by the time this book came out, huh? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a Rush I, guy. I I think Rush is still going. Is personally. Rush still going? I'm more of a slowdown. You know what I mean? Rush is still going. Well, no. Yeah. They stopped no. touring in 2015, but they put an album in 2012. Yeah. yeah uh, I wonder oh, if they someone... ever put out any, any Gene Wolfe music. Yeah, Getty Lee passed away, I think. Ah, uh, that'll do it. My oh, no, no, wild. he's still alive. Who was it that passed? Was it Neil Peart? I don't know. Well, now we're going to look it up live on air. Yeah, look it up. Look up Rush. Google Rush. This is, a, yeah, it was Neil Peart. Neil Peart uh, passed away in 2020. Neil Peart's the drummer? The drummer mm-hmm. and the lyricist. And yeah. the li- oh, oh, He's gotcha. the one talking about Severian's independent spirit. No, okay. well, technically that's Getty Lee, but it's words Whatever. that Neil Peart wrote. <laughs> How dare you? So Getty Lee's <laughs> not you? writing those lyrics. Neil Peart. No, that's yeah, Peart. Oh, yeah. He's also yeah. the, Neil Peart was the objectivist one, right? So that's why all the objectivism <laughs> yeah. themes show up in the lyrics. That this is why Michael knows so sad. much about Rush. <laughs> I mean, I assumed. I truly <laughs> listen. Did there is a system. It <laughs> yeah. produces people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Men make their own history, but they do not make it as they please. I get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, our yeah. symbols make us. Literally, yeah, when you're yeah, smashing yeah. on them. And also the toms and the bass and <laughs> the snare. <laughs> that's what Gene was talking about. That's or what, what GW yeah. was talking about. Oh, my God. I did a search. I did do a search mm-hmm. for Rush, Book of the New Sun, and then I had to add band to be like, I need it to be. And there is <laughs> so a Reddit post. Speed runs. What, the, what music does Master <laughs> Carlos like was the top hit? <laughs> on shelf by genre, they say, you know, top voted uh, response. On shelf by genre, they say he's listening to Rush. Oh, that's what they're going to say. That's just going to be here next time. No, he's like listening to big band jazz or something. No, you know? he's got to be listening to something with some guitars. That motherfucker loves a riff. I feel it. <laughs> he's listening to that Steve Vai. He's one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly this. Yes. It's just like 18 minutes of a guitar solo. Yeah. Um. They go north up the river because they're going to go to the Inn of Lost Loves to see Owen. And yeah, there's speaking some like, of speaking mm-hmm. of go returning to the the uh, dueling fields, mm-hmm. right? The primal scene. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's right there. They like kind of go by. It's very hey, important. but what Whoa. happens on the way there? Because there's a little. It's pretty confusing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is they bizarre. Run, they run into a boat. I love here. Like I said this first before we like get into it, Michael, more than likely you need to explain this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that the captain speaks exactly like Jonas. Oh, it's not mm-hmm. exactly. I made a note of this. Is it, is it slightly it's, different? It's slightly different. Do, do either of you, do either of you pick no. up on what's different? No, I was I like, no. Oh, Jonas talk. And I kind of, you know, I wasn't. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not exactly right. Uh, because I don't have, does either of you have a Jonas line like on, on the top, like on the dome? What? Mm-hmm. Like, do you either remember it exactly? Yeah, give me a second. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can find well, one. Give me as the thorn bush said to the Shrike. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. So what happens there? What's the thing uh, that just happened in that sentence? Um, I don't know. You're gonna have to tell me when the you. when the thorn bush said to the Shrike. What happens yep. in these? Oh, I don't know. I don't I'll tell you what I saw myself, like the carpenter did when he had the shutter up, and. Hmm. Pray for them that's coming down, thinks I thinks I to myself, like the ox said when he fell out the rigging. There's no interlocutor. There's one yeah. speaker. Right. Okay. That's not that's how right. Jonas talks. It's close, but it's yeah. not Jonas how Jonas is, talks. Yeah. It's like something like one of them is like the as the octopus said to the mermaid. It's always yeah. I, I as I, the bear I, said to the picnicker. Exactly. That's the that's the the axle on mm-hmm. which it turns. As the Pope said to the woods. This is what <laughs> so, he says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's, I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah, there's like old sailor talk and new sailor talk. Right. That's cool. Which one's old? Which one's new? Who could say? Oh my God. <laughs> Jonas is my dad. Um, <laughs> so they go up there. Yeah, Michael, you want to give us the run of the. I, I read this like two times. Um, and yeah. I I mean, I know that like ships are going up, mm-hmm. you know, up the river and they're like pushing all the other ships to the side. But I don't really know like what is the deal here. Right. So they, they hail a ship. Uh, to take them up the river, and mm-hmm. the captain is talking with Severian, uh, kind of like letting him, you know, is chatting with him, letting him know, like, stuff that's been happening, and particularly, like, weird stuff, and he talks about how, like, the night before, like, early that morning, he, uh, like, a fog came down on the river, uh, and a couple of things mm-hmm. happened. Uh, I don't remember, is it? I don't remember the order that they go in, but the one that sticks out to me the most is he sees another boat coming up the river. Oh, yes. He sees two boats. Is that right? He sees a boat coming up the river that he doesn't recognize at all. And it's a huge boat. Is that right? Yeah. Big giant. And it's like pushing everybody out of the way, basically, like a big old Trojan warship. Yeah. And it's it's like weird and strange and terrifying. And then he sees another like water taxi. Uh, with a guy that he knows, but the guy that he knows, who's like the captain of that water taxi, looks terrified. And behind him on that boat are a whole bunch of soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. And then also there is uh, something in the river like they can uh, mm. uh, see something moving. Women yeah. whispering in the yeah. river. Too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, bias, you know more about a bias movements in the south, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is my understanding uh, is that this is like to put more pressure on kind of um, Severian's position to, you know, the job is not done. And in fact, like part of the job maybe sometimes means that you are letting like uh, uh, a cell of like Erebus and Abaya soldiers like be in Nessus. Right. 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 Because that's what they want. Right. Like the at the end of the day, they because, you know, they say um, maybe it's the previous autarch who says that that Erebus and Abaya would trade the rest of the world for Nessus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. There's something there. Um, and we know. maybe get what that is at the very end here. Oh, I guess we do. Kind of. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah, I mean, we got to make it. There's a shot. There's a there's a chance you could kind of yeah. guess at that. You kind of make that claim. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, but so, yeah, they go up to the inn. They meet Owen, that guy before. And he like, really, this is like some early book genre stuff, right? Where it's just like talking to a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not big mystical Severian. This is like, you remember when you wrote that letter? And he's like, I don't really know. He's like, can you write and read? And he's like, yeah, of course I can. So, okay. Did you notice, by the way, that he uh, he learned to write and read just by observing people do it? I didn't mm-hmm. notice that. That's interesting. Perhaps because he doesn't. Forget, forget anything. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're like my mother come again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, did did this description of Owen looking like Severian sneak by it by me when the thing first when this book first got here? Or is that new? Nope. 
That's no, new. That is new. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, as far as I know, what well, there's stuff here that's kind of like, you know, um, interesting. Like, oh, is this guy? Like I said, is this guy Severian's dad or his son or both? Both? Who could say? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that part of this, like when we got here the first time, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this this guy must be Dorcas's. One of these guys must be Dorcas's kid. Because mm-hmm. it seemed really clear that that's what Dorcas was. And when I read this section now, it's like, come on, man. Like, Zverin, did you not pick this up? I, by now, you didn't put this together, my man? Like, you had yeah. to really go get textual evidence? You had to go talk to the guy about it? So that yeah. part I mean, Dorcas really... basically says all this before yeah. she leaves him at Thrax, right? She's yeah. like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was for me, my man. Like, yes. like 85% on this. I'm going back. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the follow-up yeah. new piece of information. One, mm-hmm. he looks like Owen, which we didn't know before. And then two, Owen had a lover named Catherine. Yeah. Obviously Mm -hmm. relevant to St. Catherine, uh, an old fashioned type of name, uh, the sort of name you might have if you were part of a religious order, maybe, or tied Mm -hmm. to one in some way, or just that's the way life goes sometimes. Who the fuck knows? But because that's the way life goes sometimes, maybe that actually does mean that that has extra value. You know what I mean? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, and and then she got, he never saw her again, right? She got she got arrested. She got, yeah. she'd run, the quote is, she'd run off from some order of monials. So was she part of the Pellerines? Was she part of right. the witches? Was she part, like, was, mm-hmm. was she part of some other order? The law got her and I never saw her again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to wonder like, all right, is that, this is where it's like, this is his father. Is Catherine his mother? Because Owen's in the Middle yeah. Ages. Owen's, Owen's, Owen's in the Middle Ages. <laughs> Owen is middle-aged. <laughs> he is at that inn. I mean, yeah. we did talk about is. that. It's very similar to a Dragonlance novel, it's, which yeah, we all know right. is true, historical. True, true, true. Mm-hmm. Right. The, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I don't, it's hard to like make hard and fast decisions about some of the stuff. Yeah. My preferred reading here, and it's always about preferred readings, is like, uh, yeah, he is, he is Owen's, but uh, uh, Dorcas is his grandmother, Severian's grandmother. The Severian's grandmother, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Owen yeah, yeah. is his father. Catherine right. is his mother. She died in the, um, you know, in the Madikin Tower and was taken in there. I, you know, I just right. I and, and then and then Severian gets adopted, which also yeah. means <sighs> this is why is this why Severian is tall. Because, because his dad's she's, tall? Oh, okay. No, because his mother is tall. Right. Because she was a pellerine? Because she was a pellerine. big as hell? Is mm-hmm. that where we're... Okay. Uh, I think that is the but, implication. Yeah. Right. Okay. That makes... Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Sure. Because mm-hmm. remember earlier, we yeah. got that whole thing about how the pellerines are not corrupt, even though they only let exultants mm-hmm. and above in, unless uh-huh. you like, you mm-hmm. know, optimates can't just bribe their way in, Severian. You know, mm-hmm. that whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a kind of thing going on there that we remarked on, I think, in that episode of the pellerine to slave relationship looking a lot like the torture to client. You know, there's this kind of rhyming yeah, thing that right, goes right, on right. there, right? Sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, whatever. Preferred readings. Which, again, listener, make I, your all own this choice. is about I to get blown up in a way, in some ways, because none of this <laughs> matters next to there was another Samaria. Yeah. I mean, it matters. Because it's it's there's like a there's like a fractal thing happening here, right? Yeah. That there's a looping, you know, I you know, I don't think Severian was his own grandfather necessarily. I think that that part of me did for a moment go like, mm-hmm. wait, is Severian the old guy in the mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, looking for Dorcas? Because like mm-hmm. there's a world where that's possible, but he probably would have remembered 
I mean, maybe that's like he loses himself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but there's like a world where you could you can get to a, a kind of like, oh, the, the cycle is hitting here. And then you yeah. zoom out a layer and the cycle is hitting at that layer because there's multiple Severians or whatever. And then you zoom out one more layer and it's like the whole thing is divine years repeating themselves endlessly. So, right. And, you know, there's something going on with, you know, there's no resolution to Apu Punchau, right? Is Apu Punchal the, the conciliator? We get the the interesting thing that goes on. Yeah, where, we, get when, to the, we should just talk about this whole. Right? Is there anything else between this and there before uh, we start getting into repeated severians? Not really. not really. I mean, can we just say like what becomes of Dorcas? Oh yeah, yeah we should uh, talk about abandoned again in the same house. Yeah, <laughs> you ever been abandoned twice? This is my Andrew Dice Clay. My, <laughs> oh good. This is my actual opening bit. Yeah, yeah. he's back. They didn't hear that. That was off. That mic. was just for us. Yeah. That was Cameron surreal, just yeah. started channeling Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you look at a ruin and you realize it's a city. That's New York. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it. Yeah, that was, that was good. Okay. Yep. Hey, uh, Jordo, can you put like applause behind? That? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I think that's a Brad. Brad's supposed to do that. One. Brad does the, okay. the full yeah, Brad's right here. I'm pointing. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing like the, the dismissive gesture, like Brad fix it. You know, I'm doing that <laughs> point because uh, I'm, of course, in the giant uh, facility we purchased from WeWork. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Michael, wait, what happened to Owen? Oh, well, uh, so after interrogating him, uh, Severian takes him to the south, uh, to, to the south of Nessus, uh, to the abandoned hovel where Dorcas is living. And he says to Owen, uh, there's a lady in there. Uh, love her and cherish her and take care of her. Here's my badass gun. Yeah, this is like a level one guy getting like a level seventeen gun. I don't think yep. you can wield it. I'm pretty sure the way the I rules work, gonna, you're not yeah. allowed to until you're the level of the gun, or at least within five. You know? Yeah, he's so, got to grind on rats for like the yeah. next, you know, twenty thirty hours. Yeah. But when yep. he's got it, when he's ready, right, right? Exactly. It's nice to have it. It helps you figure out like, okay, I'm gonna build towards mm-hmm. this. I get it, but. It's the kind of thing where, like, you, the game came out 10 years ago, and you bought, like, the pack that has all the expansions, <laughs> yeah, so like, you have yeah. the coolest shit, right? Yeah, yeah. But you just can't use it yet. You know, you yeah. gotta grind up. But here's the thing, there's, like, triple XP bonuses. Right? Sure. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. That's Especially pretty with good. the looping timeline thing. The looping timeline, you just, yeah, you just keep cashing in on those XP bonuses. It just, That's it's right. exponential, literally. Mm-hmm. Well, there's uh, this great yeah. bit. Where Severian is like, I am the most alone motherfucker that's ever lived. <laughs> Ain't no one ever suffered like me. Yeah. You know? Um, Can you imagine reading this when you were like 19? Like oh Michael my and God. I did? Yeah. How'd you make it? This I, is, was, I was like, people got to read this book. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they got to figure it out. I was like, damn, there are so many women who uh, love their pasts more than me. <laughs> oh, no. There's so oh, many tall women that I don't know what to do with. <laughs> I, who might have loved Agia, who loved Dorcas deeply, but perhaps not deeply enough, was now alone because I had become part of her past, which she loved better than she had ever, except I think at first loved me. Mm-hmm. I like Just it. a good li- rhythm I, to that sentence. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I really like that there's no there's no pat ending to any of the like the you know big quotation marks here, romance, right? Or or yeah. relationship stuff, right? Like by virtue of being the new son, right? Or like someone who's in line to interve- intervene in that, right? Like it just doesn't work out that way. Right. Aji yeah. doesn't show up and say, you know, I had you wrong, Severian. <laughs> right. You know, um, <laughs> right. Uh, or he doesn't return to Dorcas and say, I have changed. And she right. sees his new thin, weakened body and sees that mm-hmm. he doesn't have the arms to lift, 
terminus-esque anymore and goes like, oh, you know, I, I can see your goodness in your, in your body, you know, whatever. None of that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You got your face smashed off. Yeah. <laughs> punched off by yeah. your bitter enemy. Uh, you know, there are people reading this who are like, hell yeah, AGM. Like, you know, like reading that romantic relationship, mm-hmm. you know, like people in 2023, you know. People oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he uh, he does that with Owen, leaves him there. By the way, just like a little sm- small thing. I like the spelling of Owen. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. You spell it for the listener? Oh, it's O-E-U-N, right? O-U-E-N. Oh, sorry. I, have it, oh. I just have it wrong in my notes. I still yeah. like both. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so different from Severian, right? You get the yeah. N at the end, but you get this like kind of big globular mm. vowel sound as opposed to this like really sharp kind of thing. I like that a lot. Yeah. Owen Dorcas, Catherine, Severian, right? There's, yeah. there's something there, But really there is great. a familial mm-hmm. thing there, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Austin. Yeah. You remember all the way back in that cabin in the mountains where that Alzebo, like Adolf sure family? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember little Severian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casco's yeah, well, kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you remember that uh, Severian and Severa are uh, brother-sister yeah. names? Yeah, the brother-sister names. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that? I still like it. I still like it. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. we talked about this. Didn't we talk about this? Is there yeah, another thing that I Yeah, at the end of the book, we didn't. No, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like that is one of those soft cycles versus mm-hmm. the hard cycle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Is there another, is there a, am I, am I missing a Severa no, equivalent? You're not. You're not. I'm just bringing it up. It is a thing that consumes readers of this book. Mm-hmm. Why? Is, is, does Severa, because it is set up as a pattern, right? Like, yeah, but we know, Severian. But we, we know this now, right? And it's Thecla. Yeah, right, probably, right. There, there are yeah. two Severians inside of Severian. And then yeah, I've seen the hilt of Terminus Est, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah, it's everywhere. But I'm just I'm just bringing that forward because I'm sure there are people listening who have read these before who are like, what about this thing? What about who it? is uh, Severian's sister like is all consuming for some really? Fans, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like the actual do people want there to be I mean, a yes, a, yes, a blood sister yeah, ahead, out Michael. there. there? I mean, yeah. there is a like. And I'm not like huh. trying to put that down this theory. I'm just no. thinking of something that I read. Like mm-hmm. there is an extremely long theory that I remember reading that ultimately argued that that uh, talking mandrake in in uh, the autarch's chambers was like a, uh, uh, you know, misborn Severa mm-hmm. brother. Brother. Right. Brother. To what end? Look, what do you know. get it's out symmetry. of symmetry? People sorry. like symmetry. Right. No, 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 it, but there's already symmetry. Yeah. I Why know. does it have right. to be There's just a kind of a palimpsestic relationship going on with all these things, right? Where like you can always see the whole and all the parts that that for a lot of people I think is very alluring, right? That, mm-hmm. that yeah. it all kind of as you said, you know, you used the word fractal earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this I is a place it. where there sh- one could predict a fractal answer and what is there is a gap. And like I take that as just like that's how shit goes, right? Like there's a miracle. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. thing you've been talking about. Right. Here's the deal: there's just a gap. Like some things are paradoxical. You don't have to do it. But I'm just putting that out there that a lot of people have a lot of investment in that, and I don't. And I don't think Michael does. And it yeah. sounds like you don't either. Yeah, I I think that there is um the the gap that is there is so much bigger than so that's the gap. But the but the fact that like uh, they had previously at that is the grandfather who lives with them not a gap also. Is the is the fact that like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. father had been with them, you know, little Severian and Severa or whatever, like got a life with their parents, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. I just don't think it maps all the way cleanly in that mm-hmm. way 
the thing that I think there are, are resonances. Well, I don't think can... it's that. I just Sorry, just to take one step back. I don't think it's that. I think it is that that Wolf is so clear to be like, to give us the factoid, Severian and Severa are double sibling names, right? And that yes. is right. so stick out. Just like Agi and, and Agilis are. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's yeah, this yeah, rhyme yeah. that happens all, and then it doesn't cash out anywhere. And I think that's a big gap. Go ahead. Go or ahead. it does cash out in the sense that Agia loses her Agilis. Right. And then mm. becomes the mm-hmm. counter Severian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, just that's to. Fun. A- Jump back a little bit. Uh, there's some of this in in like the secret of time that he gets from Malrubius, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Dorcas and I talked once of the symbolic significance of real world right. things, which by the teachings of the philosophers stand for things higher than themselves and in a lower order are themselves symbolized. To take an absurdly simple example, suppose an artist in a garret limbing a peach. Yeah. If we put the poor artist in the place of the increate, we may say that his picture symbolizes the peach and thus the fruits of the soil, while the glowing curve of the peach itself symbolizes the right beauty of womanhood. Were such a woman to enter the artist's garret, an improbability we must entertain for the sake of explanation, she would doubtless remain unaware that the fullness of her hip and the hardness of her heart found their echoes in a basket on the table by the window. Though Gene perhaps- Wolf inventing the peach emoji. <laughs> yeah, the mid-80s. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. Though perhaps the artist might be able to think of nothing else. But... If the increate is an actual fact in place of the artist, is it not possible that such connections as these, many of which must always be unguessable by human beings, may have profound effects on the structure of the world, just as the artist's obsession may color his picture? I love uh, it. Right. Like the uh, so Severian yeah. in the same way that we get uh, shortly after that, uh, the point where he's like, by the way, in case you were confused, here are the three major ways to interpret my deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. One, God. Two, me and God. Three, the devil. Um, yeah. Uh, he's, he's like pulling to the surface there, like, you know, Wolf through Severian pulls to the mm-hmm. surface, this uh, uh, way of reading that renders reality a book right or Mm -hmm. rather in in the way that this is all being situated here right the book is a playful reality where all of these things seem to echo each other we have this kind of weird fractal structure of reality that is uh simultaneously like scoping upward into the stars but also downward into like weird Mm -hmm. incidental side characters and like weird dna you know i mean like like familial relations uh i i'm uh asking someone in our audience to take what michael just said like me and god you know, uh, or no, God, me and God, the devil, and like make that the drop in like a house song. Yeah, like, I can hear it. Yeah, 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 God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doom, 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 me and God, doom, 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 the devil. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's very that's good. Great. Please do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Not to not to detour us into house, but uh, uh, <laughs> I think that's right. That they're that he's laying that out in front of us to be like, look, sometimes this doesn't all work, lock together, and when you start looking for things, it will make things lock together. Totally, totally. And I think that if this is like productive for someone, if this this model of being like, how do we map little Severian and Severa forward to this group? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I think that that is a, a totally mm-hmm. fine thing to try to, you know, play with in some way. I, I What I don't have is the feeling of something lost that it somehow doesn't map out. Mm-hmm. I, I think it maps out seven different ways, right? I think you can mm-hmm. talk about Severian's, you know, Double his 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 who is little little Severa to him as being Thecla as being Agia as being Dorcas mm-hmm. as being uh, uh, Valeria right There's lots of you know oh here's the other here's the the girl growing in the 
in the tower across from me, right? There's all sorts of ways yeah. that you can find the different reads and resonances there. The, well, that, there's lots of subordinated women. That's another way of that's saying true. what you're saying. 100%. Right? Like the book produces mm-hmm. a condition under which yes. women are over subordinated. Over and over again. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, and writes that into theology. Yes, right. right. Like, totally. That is part of the deal to the point where we have to like go in and excavate them, right? We have to like find women where there are not any. And so uh, at that point, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know what would compel me to, to search for right. what maps most cleanly or more cleanly when what seems like is happening is that there is a schematic that's being repeated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which feels more, you know. Um, for eternity by God. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Severian says, hey, this is it. This I'm going re- to re- copy this bad boy down again. You know, mm-hmm. so I can give one to Ultan and then throw one into space. Which is <laughs> yeah. cool. That's a cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, and then he does the very cool thing that you talked about, um, Austin, at the beginning of like f- uh, taking a lantern and going through the bottom of the Madigan Tower and following his footsteps. Um, and yeah, that yeah, stuff right. is I mean, all like, like it's so uh, the imagination leaps here because it's yeah. just like also also he is a throwaway thing, but this chapter starts with him talking about. The speaking of the like the the uh, the the other side of the coin here. Soon I must don robes of argent, the color that is more pure than white. Never yes. mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that about? You think I don't get it? Uh, yeah, who could say? Who could say yeah. what happens? Fulgen and argent. You know who could say? But yeah, mm-hmm. him running through the the with the now with a, a torch or with a flashlight or whatever through the the bottom layers of the tower. You know, thinking about his his body at the time was so full of energy and life, but like didn't know where it was going. And you know, mm-hmm. I forget what's the exact. He has this exact change. Like I'm kicking thing. skeletons and shit. He's down kicking here. skeletons. Yeah, 100. Yeah. Uh, percent But yeah, the, he the, says you the know, Severian. I pursued mm-hmm. wore ill-fitting shoes with rundown yeah. heels and worn soles. Uh, when I turned my and flashed my light behind me, I observed that though the Severian who pursued him had excellent boots, his steps were of an unequal length, and the toe of one foot dragged at each. I thought mm-hmm. one Severian has good boots, the other good legs, and I laughed to myself, wondering who should come here in, in after years and whether he would guess that the same feet left both tracks. That's cool. It's That's cool. Like just absolutely. Also, Severian's funny. That's a funny thing, to, like a good poetry <laughs> thing to kind of bring up. Yeah. Um. I. You know, what do you also make, maybe before we talk about this like last little bit, because I think there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about here. You know, Yamar the almost just, right? Mm-hmm. Severian, big quotation marks here. Severian is Severian the lame. Right, because mm-hmm. his leg, he has a mm-hmm. a leg that doesn't work um, as well as the other. Right, right, right. He's been blasted, or no, he got crushed. His leg mm-hmm. was crushed, yeah. yeah, and not restored. Big quotation marks, right? He was blasted uh, and, and crushed, actually. Oh yeah, was he also burned? Yeah. Mm. Um. But yeah, what do you what do you and and of course his face was slashed. You know, we have that piece mm-hmm. too, right? So he's this physically transformed person. It's got a bunch of resonances with, you know. Um, You're noting that this is the end of the the end of his writing yeah. is to this account. I, Severian the Lame, Altark, do set, set my hand and what shall be called the last year of the old son. Yeah. What do we make of him calling himself that and like adopting that epithet or? Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I don't think there's an answer, right? Like, uh, but it is interesting that he doesn't, you know, he talks about his ability to walk, things like that all the way yeah. through, but we don't get mm-hmm. the epithet. I think we get it one time before that. Wow, do we? Um, this is the first time I remember yeah, it. Is I it think we get it in in the first book. I think he mentions that wow, that's what okay. some people call him. But he also, the other thing that people call him is Severian the Great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that that's, you know, there's, there's definitely <laughs> resonances there with particular types of Christian goodness being mm-hmm. set aside 
you know, um, uh, how does disability appear inside of Christianity? It's often in mm-hmm. ways like this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From from the lowest to the most high. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That yes. kind of language. Yeah, right. The meek, et cetera. Right. All right. Well, he pops his ass right on out of there and, uh, you know, like be, getting birthed like a little baby. He's in the atrium of time again. Remember that from all the way back. I do. And uh, he saunters his ass right on in there and says, hey, y'all, I'm Severian. And then klaxons start blaring. Star Trek gets going. Yeah, the fucking mm-hmm. Star Trek computer starts talking mm-hmm. before he's like, uh, yeah, can someone go tell uh, Valeria that I'm here? And the someone goes to grab Valeria but before he can actually do it. The computer goes, Valeria, please report to deck one or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then the book is done. Then the book yep. is done. Mm-hmm. And again, this is the bit where we kind of gestured at this. He says, you know, um, have I told you everything? If I, am I just going to read this? Should I just read yeah, this? Sure. Yeah, just read it. Have I told you all I promised? I'm aware that at various places in my narrative, I pledged that this or that should be made clear in the knitting up of my story. I remember them all, and (laughs) I am sure, but then I remember so much else. Before you assume that I've cheated you, read again, as I will write again. Two things are clear to me. The first is that I am not the first Severian. Those who walk the corridors of time saw him gain the Phoenix throne, and thus it was that the Altark, having been told of me, smiled in the house azure, and the Undyne thrust me up when it seemed I must drown. Yet surely the first Severian did not, Something had already begun to reshape my life. Let me guess now, though it is only a guess, at the story of the first Severian. He was, T2 was reared by, we don't have to read this whole thing because you've already gestured at this, right? Torturers uh, raised him. He got exiled and sent to Thrax, fled Thrax, didn't have the claw, drawn into fighting in the north, um, you know, tried to hide from the Archon in the army, encountered the Altark, uh, became the Altark. Then the, you know, someone who walks through the corridors of time, whether that is the hero duels or someone else, goes back in time and starts it again, basically, is, mm-hmm. his, is his claim. And then he says, the second thing is this. But with a difference, right? Boy, with a difference this time, right? Because the difference is, one, he carried the Claw of the Conciliator, mm-hmm. you know, he, he uh, uh, did suffer different reasons, you know, et cetera. Um, But then the second thing is this. He, meaning the first Severian, was not returned to his own time, but became himself a walker of the corridors. I know now the identity of the man called the Head of Day and why Hildegrin, who was too near, perished when we met, and why the witches fled. I know, too, in whose mausoleum I tarried as a child, that little building of stone with its rose, its fountain, and its flying ship all graven. I have disturbed my own tomb, and now I go to lie in it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He made himself. Yeah. He made himself. He's kind or, of iterating over and over. Right. Which is, again, is like the the fractal smaller version of mm-hmm. the humanity prime making whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Et cetera, et cetera, and this is inevitably part of humanity prime. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like this yeah, is yeah, a yeah. small this, part this, that this, starts this. that process working. Right? Exactly. Yeah. When, when the new sum comes, we know that that thing is actually operating the way it's supposed to. And importantly, like this is all foretold. There's like no way because it's, you know, Terminator times, right? right. Like right. it was just straight up Terminator rules. The, the, the condition, the precondition was always already met no matter what. And we can mm-hmm. like work our way back to the first time that Kyle Reese traveled back in time or whatever, yeah. but it already happened eternally. Right. So it's part of a loop. Um, 
And so, yeah, he calls out to to Valeria. Yeah, do do y'all have other feelings here that you're allowed to talk about before we read this next book? He's Apu Punchao, right? Yeah, of course, right? He's the head of day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he blew Hildegrin up, which is cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But he grabbed himself, you know, thinking about Apu Punchao when he gets close, right? He grabbed himself and saw himself seeing himself, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we don't know what the mechanic, you know what I mean? There's no like, a I don't need to. I, in fact, out. it's important. We don't know. I think yeah. in some ways, like, you know, the, the, the book ends with, with the, you know, his section of the book ends, uh, mm-hmm. by him being like, all right, I, I carried you from gate to gate. Remember this? I carried you from gate to gate, uh, yeah, cool. you know, from the locked and fog shrouded gate to my pen halts though. I do not reader. You will walk no more with me. It's time we both take up our lives. And like, if Quit that's reading, not nerd. Well, like, and go live with what you've read, right? Which is the mm-hmm. fundamental call of action of any, you know, not any maybe, but of many religious texts is like, and especially Catholic ones, is like, all right, do you still have some unresolved feelings that you're, that you're you know, not necessarily uh, fully uh, aware of, of where they need to come down? Okay, well, too bad. Sit with mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. the, the thing that I think ends up being so fascinating to me about this and the thing that I end up liking a lot and where I now – and probably going to come down like y'all, which is like, I don't really know that I need more here, right? Um, uh, it, it is it is important that there are unresolvable things here that are left open or vague because mm-hmm. that is the act of faith. And, and especially, does he succeed? Right. And he necessarily succeeds. We know that there's a world in which he doesn't succeed too. Right. Well, we, we know that there's a world that he succeeds. But we if- don't know if it's this one. Right. We don't know if it's this one. And uh, and that's assuming that his like, you know, the third option that the devil is making do all this, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, is not in some way true. Right. right. Uh, that that is not, in fact, the one that cashes out. Uh, we, we need to be left kind of hanging there. This is what I said also about like at the end, like we are we are judging Severian. What did he say? Right. Why did he say well, it? And that's uh, why it's important that there's no resolution on that stuff. Right. Because if. What the, the genre that Jean is working in here partly is Christian, you know, is it, just regular Christian, uh, uh, like it's not even theology, right? It's just straight up the Bible. If the Bible uh-huh. is the genre, if the Christian Bible is the genre that Jean is writing in here, it has to end on the a call to action that is uh, that, that requires faith, that requires mm-hmm. you to have unresolved mysteries, right? Um, that can't. That yeah, the devil could be behind the thing that you think is a miracle, and and yet walk with that anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I think that if this book ends with him being like, and then I saved us, uh, you know, the 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 Christian position is that a broadly is that there will be a second coming. It hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. You don't you don't become a Christian and go and the second coming happened. It didn't happen <laughs> yet, right? Um, yeah, and and so like Severian, you just gotta get with the right Christianity. Yeah, I mean that's probably well. Like, listen, at that point, that's one of those schisms, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's one of them schisms we've been talking about. Yeah, but that like the heresies. It has to end before Severian does this. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's not a, a biblical text. Yeah, right, right. Of this type. Yeah, and there's like so much fascinating stuff that's still encoded here. Remember, uh, uh, go back to eschatology and Genesis, right? Uh, a play that cuts off before mm-hmm. we get an actual proper ending and but it seems to be pointing towards something right the autark is given a choice uh whether or not to uh right. like sustain his rule keep it going or in some way try to or like the, the autark is given a choice whether to like relinquish rule right or to try to sustain his rule as the new sun comes 
And so like, what does that mean? What is like, is, you know, how does uh, like one, the play is by Talos and Baldanders, right? To what degree is any of this trustworthy? How do we like fit all this together uh, in, in kind of like the story world? But then just like, truly, what is going to happen when the new sun comes? Because that is a, a question that is brought up by eschatology and Genesis that is not resolved. And we've got that weird thing going on where uh, the the Adam and Eve, right, the Meshia and Meshiane of the next world are hanging right. out at the tail end of the old world, like transposed on that. And effectively way. waiting for for themselves to be called on to the kind of stage of reality. Right. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, interesting. And like, then you start to ask questions about like, what's that? Because the the we know of two different potential futures, right? We know one is Master Ash, where mm -hmm. the the planet Earth has been has been consumed by coldness and blizzards and tundras and whatever. And then we know the Green Man and the Green Man's world, where people have chlorophyll in their skin or whatever, mm -hmm. and are living on the sun. They don't eat, they don't eat meat no more. They don't eat anything no more. They're they're just living. They're just vibing out there. And it seems like there's a pretty big dramatic change beyond just the sun starts glowing again to get there. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I don't know that like the, the I don't know what that white fountain does. I don't know what the white fountain really is, but if it restarts the sun and makes the sun glow again, it doesn't just seem like we're going to get like warmer summers if what the result <laughs> is is the people who live on the power of the sun alone, the sun and water alone, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Gene seems to know a little bit too much about physics to <laughs> just settle with. And then the sun got bright again. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. Especially after a long period where the whole world has been cold, right? Yep. Yep. That seems, that seems dangerous to me. Uh, so uh, can I, can I add a wrinkle in here, please? We don't know when the new sun, where in time the new sun is made. Sure, right. The new sun could <laughs> happen before Severian is right. Oh, right, uh, yeah. right. Severian could go back to the time of Apu Punchau and <laughs> be Apu Punchau and mm -hmm. relight the sun then, and then we're at the end yeah. of that cycle. He could go back to the beginning of time and ignite the sun. The sun to begin with. There are children yelling outside my apartment door. What are they doing? Where are they up to? Oh, no, they're we're playing. Little yeah, they're a little. Yeah, that's a little Severian. Take me to the tower. Yeah. I want to look at that piece of metal to see if I'm tall enough. Yeah. Give me the book of gold. I don't give them. Don't, no, don't take that. You're I need the book being... of gold. I like to read the little golden book. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead and read the little golden book. Bye. Well, yeah. well, uh, <laughs> I live here now. Um, what do you think about Valyria? Why, why go back to Valyria? Why go back to this weird spaceship spot? Uh, so we can think, I think a little bit also about, uh, the political situation that's been gestured at, right? Valeria, mm. when we met her, mm. she said that they were the, like she said their family, I can't remember how she put it. Basically, none of the men were of her line were fighting on the front lines and none of the women had been taken to the Well of Orchids. So there's like- like and they used to be the Castellans. I reread this last night. Oh, they okay. also used to be the, used Castellans. To be the Castellans. Interesting, okay. interesting. All I remember from her is being like, she, <laughs> she had the energy of assigned wife character <laughs> to me you know what i mean sometimes yeah. a character shows up and you're like ah oh, this is the this is the one that the character's gonna wrap back around to marry but then like didn't happen she just wasn't in the book basically after that um uh and the second thing i remember of course is her being like i am all the sisters we breed and all the sons which mm -hmm. now i'm like okay well okay yeah okay yeah sure yeah there is no valerius she she has a multi-leveled uh, tower that she has never been to the upper Oh, does herself. she? Interesting. Yes, she mm -hmm. does. She does. Have hey, is there a time machine and or a working spaceship in her spaceship? I don't know. 
Because my read on this was like, oh, he's here because this is the way to like move on to the next step of all this. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this she is says like, in the original encounter, he says, why are there why are there so many um, sundials here? And she mm-hmm. says, it's not called the atrium of time because the sundials are here. The sundials are here because it's called the atrium of time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. OK. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and so notably, because of the way that the writing works here, the scene where he returns to see Valeria has to happen uh, before he actually finishes writing. That's right. So there right. is there's even more that's been cut out. You're right. So in some way, like the end of this document is him saying to the rest of the Commonwealth, right, or like the the exultants or whatever, right, that there is a political statement being made here. Uh about this autark who has in some nebulous way joined forces with this like stub of an exultant line to apparently do something that involves this machine that is probably implicitly mm-hmm. set up to lead us into whatever the trial is that that right. may or may not bring the new sun. Yeah, which again, th- th- this is the thing that I like about it as a religious text is like. There will always be another Severian who will always try, and another alt. There will always be another Altark, and there will always be another Severian, and there will always be another another Severian, and they will keep trying the trial or choosing not to try the trial until eventually, will one of them hit and save us? Right, like that is the. Mm-hmm. There is something the 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 sort of schematic there is one of, hey, there is an eschatology, there is an end of the world coming, or there is a there is a. I mean, the final chapter is called it's called resurrection, right? There is mm-hmm. some great miracle that will save us on the way. Um, uh, do you believe that that it will happen? Um, yeah, not to like, uh, again, stomp on this uh, gas pedal, right? But yeah. this, again, is the plot of the first Dark Souls game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Like uh-huh. once you feed enough people into the, the system, eventually something will happen. Something right? is. We'll someone will be. Fire, yeah, right? someone will. And this is also why Dark Souls 2 is so good. Um, yes. Because it actually engages with that instead of just repeating it the way Dark Souls 3 does. Anyway. <laughs> get him. Get him. Um, yeah, Dark Souls 2 fucking rips. Uh, the, yeah. the thing we slipped, skipped over here is at the beginning of this chapter, he does note that like, he's like, yeah, father Nier is going to come and talk to me in a second about to get on this old spaceship. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so old. He's so old and twisted. <laughs> he's already yeah. lived a long time. I don't think he's going to live past the, uh, this old son getting, getting all heated up again. It's that Yoda tweet where he's drinking Voodoo, Voodoo, Voodoo Ranger. Pause one second. Good to it's drive. That I am Yoda tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah Yoda, on Yoda tweeted. Yeah, yeah. Yoda was on Twitter. Yeah, uh, good to drive. I am. Yeah, yeah, good to drive. I am. It is. Uh huh. Father Adira is kind of a Yoda, right? Because like that's yeah. the secret of the prequels is that Yoda also cared about logistics and artillery. <laughs> that's right. Father Father Adira would say. Uh, around the survivors of perimeter create. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he would. He really would do that. He would. He also is a wizened little guy. Um, this is uh, this is Severian in chapter four. Okay. Yeah. Before I we're talking to uh, Valeria. Before I left, we talked to Centuries Watcher more. Her family occupied these towers. They had waited at first to leave Earth with the autark of their era, then had waited because there was nothing left for them but yeah. Waiting. Okay. Right. They had given many castellans to the citadel, but the last to die generations ago. They were poor now, and their towers were in ruins. Valyria had never gone above the lower floors. So here's actually the deal. Uh, that's not the the important part. Here's oh. the important part. Some of the towers were built more strongly than others, I said. The witches keep is decayed inside, too. Is there really such a place? My nurse told me of it when I was little to frighten me, but I thought it was only a tale. There was supposed to be a tower of torment, too, where all who entered die in agony. I told her that at least was a fable. Right. So and when we read that, and as most people do, when they 
when they read it the first time, it's like, oh, these are the idle stories told to this like little kid who's like yeah. growing up in this decaying thing. There's another way of reading that, which is like of education. Your family waits here for the autark. There is a tower of torment. There's a guy who's coming from that thing yeah. who will take you to the stars, right? I mean, there's a big gap there, but it's easy to read it in both of those modes. Well, right, like, like, you know, and all the these other book. towers are all falling apart, but we're keeping mm-hmm. ours in like close enough shape so that it can do the thing it has to do. Yeah, and we'll find out. And that's that what our role happens. is. That's what we're waiting for. Yeah, they are yeah. waiting. Yeah. Which we've talked about. We talked about that last time. The idea that like the most noble thing you can do is be prepared for Mm -hmm. when the opportunity arises. Da 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 da. da, Right Mm -hmm. when when God returns. Mm -hmm. You think she's a clone? I know she's all the sisters and all the sons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do wonder. Mm -hmm. Probably right. I hope so. I hope everybody's a clone. You're invested. I hope everybody's a clone. There, I mean, there is a very uh, fine grained reading of these books that basically is like everyone who matters is a clone. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like sure, there, sure. there's a very strong reading that like Thea and Thecla are clones of one another, or you know, sibling clones, and a bunch of others do. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, because that makes sense. We, it, like people really grab onto the uh, the thing that we find out about the House of Zur, which is that they are actually the Exultants, they're just right. clones. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. What yeah. What is the name of the What is the word that Kybits? Kybits. Something. Yeah, Kybits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's so like know, once you open that door, I think people start looking for clones everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some sort of war involving them. When I was thinking about <laughs> all the Severians moving around, the thousands of time traveling Severians who seem to mm-hmm. be. This is the thing. It's like once you start opening the door, it's like, oh, there are a thousand of them. Right. It's either oh, yeah, there are two infinite or they're infinite. I started thinking about um, have either of you played the 4X game Endless Space? Mm-hmm, yeah. There's I a there's a faction. Cameron, do you remember the faction Horatio? Mm, no it's my probably. favorite faction in endless space not to play as but like it's a classic like oh damn they were cooking this mm-hmm. is a fun idea uh horatio is a faction made up of guys who are all clones of the same rich guy named horatio <laughs> cool. he found a planet <laughs> of cloning technology and just cloned himself forever and the whole species is him it's great <laughs> and so That's i'm thinking right. about severi the severians out there in the in the hallways of time or whatever, mm-hmm. being like, all right, we got to get us a spaceship. Can I can I throw out a brain teaser or two? Always. Did the green man save Severian a second time? Because he moves back and forth in time, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, could so, the green man have saved Severian in the in some previous place that we have not accounted for because Severian didn't mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Totally what about uh, when he was in that little underground prison thing? With the Zoanthropes. How did he get saved? You mean the there? magicians? Yeah, the oh, magicians? Were the magicians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the magicians, sorry. How did he get I out get, of that? I get thing? all of them. Like a little guy threw some shit down to him, right? How did that happen? That could be, yeah, sure. Right? Out of, yeah. out of the little. Uh, That's fun. Thing? Yeah. I can't remember exactly. I don't yeah. know. It's just a fun little brand. Like, there's no I, answer. I, here's anywhere, what I like. You know? I like the idea that the green man is like, no, no, that didn't count. That didn't count. That, that was too easy. Was too easy. <laughs> I already had all that stuff in my inventory. It was easy to do. I have to do it another time. And he just like keeps coming back and saving him. Yeah, the Green Man is an all-time cool dude. Yeah. Like if we're just thinking about like things that have been lodged in my mind after I read this book for the first time, the yeah. Green Man probably is number one. Wow. Mm. Yeah, he's cool. He's a time-traveling Green Man. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. You got you got a uh, uh, which again Michael. is like is like that is the I guess is that it is 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 the second form that we're building towards the Green Man. It is. It is right. The whole thing know. is like humanity. The, it's it's all the things humanity wishes it was. 
Mm-hmm. What were the what was the collection of, of terms like just and like mm-hmm. totally yeah. cool or whatever? <laughs> just yeah. totally cool, kicking time rad. traveling, kicking rad, time traveling. Mm-hmm. They don't got to eat great no meat. cook. Yeah, great yeah. cook, but they don't. But they're only cooking for other people. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, generous. Yeah, I can imagine that. Right, the idea that like mm-hmm. the green men are the are the next thing, are the the thing that we are suffering towards to become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably not the animal guys, even though they are yeah. very cool. Yeah. They are very cool. It is it is the green man who says that uh, they have what how, how does he put it? It's like healed the breach between human and nature or something. Yeah, oh, yeah they right. conciliated some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. The um, a thing that hasn't really come up too much uh, other than it was just talking about them that often shows up in the kind of fandom discussions of these novels is the atrium of time has four uh, statues of animals in it. Mm-hmm. They're Right. I don't. What's up with that? There are animal people all throughout. We're talking yeah. about this like kind of creation of a different species into something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people have done a lot with that information. That's another kind of interesting little wiggling thing that's that's dangling out there. To me, that like the, the fun the fun resonance there is is just the sort of like the uplifting narrative, uplift uplift in the sci fi term, not the like lifetime original <laughs> movie term, the Hallmark yeah. holiday movie. Uh, Hallmark's Shadow of the Torturer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a big a big city clone comes <laughs> to the houses or thinking she's gonna while away the days before uh, she's fired on New Year's Eve. Yeah, <laughs> little did she know she was gonna meet a little torturer who has no shirt and doesn't know what it is to wear a shirt. The the whole thing is about gifting him a shirt. For You're Christmas. not from around here, are you? <laughs> no, I grew up here, but I've been at the house absolute. That's uh, the house absolute. Whew. Big city girl like you? <laughs> I mean, my mother died, and I inherited her house. Houses her. That's the wild thing about those is uh, all those Hallmark movies are like, and a bad thing happened, like a real bad that forced oh, yeah. me to go out of my big city job to come here with you yeah. plebeians. Yeah. Did you? Did y'all watch the other two? Uh, yes, no, I did. I loved the other two. There, there's a bit where uh, in the, maybe the last season, Michael, it's it, I think it's across the whole last season where his boyfriend is always it, doing method in character. Yes, yes. And and one of the plot or one of the episodes is about how he's in a in a uh, Hallmark movie about like a closeted gay man in a, uh-huh. in like a holiday town, uh-huh. and uh, he's just constantly saying like the funniest like lines that are out of those movies. It's very good. It's very funny. Yeah. That's a good show. People should watch that. Finally, we can talk about the shows. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. What we're you're talking about. Wow. Sure. Yeah. Don't learn about the production of that show, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, no. you don't want to find out what they were up to behind the scenes. But uh, but the show itself, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your what is your favorite thing in these books? For both of you. I think the Green Man might be my number one. Oh boy, what's my favorite thing? I'll, I'll buy you some time, Austin. Thank yeah, you. Please. Uh, I'm an Alzabo boy, like oh, beginning to yeah. end. Mm-hmm. This is your 1981 hit by yeah. uh, Human League. <laughs> yeah. Alzabo boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Alzabo boy song is really great because you just hear like your own loved one's voice <laughs> singing the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Come outside, mother. Really Come outside to live with me, El Zabo boy. <laughs> I really thought you were going to go with, with, especially after some recent conversations, it was going to be Tarzan boy. But El Zabo oh, boy. Oh, yeah, that's right. With all the O's. The O, O, O. You know, but with yeah, El Zabo. That's right. I, El Zabo, I, I will never go to. Uh-huh. That's good. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I'll never go to Baltimore, but I should. You, you know should what I mean? Like, that's a deficiency on my sin, yeah, yeah, on my yeah. side. Yeah. You know, I have a complete record collection of the Human League's discography. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. On vinyl? I have, I have a bunch of singles that were only ever put, you know, only ever given to radio stations. Is this real? This is real. Yeah, that's real. It's not a bit. Mm-hmm. It's real. I like the Human League. I love that for you. And I don't have a single Baltimore record. Uh, it, here, here's the thing. Actually, we talked about Tarzan Boy recently. We did. People can go listen to that if you want to. Um, I don't think they can. I don't I think, think they was, recorded that. I think no, 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 not where we talked about it, but they, oh. the song itself. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm doing a thing where it's like, and as I said before, and like people go like scroll through and they can't find it. Oh, um, Cameron Prime said that actually. That was a different right, yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been going back in time and insert. That would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, that's a real Michael Lutz thing. To do. I wouldn't do. I'm too lazy. But that's like a Michael <laughs> thing to do. Go back and edit the audio file and put new stuff in it like months yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I tried to listen to b- that Baltimore record. Mm-hmm. It's no good. Oh, it's a bad record. That's a shame. Yeah. God, okay. So, if, Al, if I can't say Al Zabo, I can't say Al Zabo. Or the I, Green Man. Or the Green Man. I have to say a third thing. It is the entire run from getting to Baldander's place through beating, through the fight, the end of the fight of the ball, with Baldander. So I guess mm. it's the end of Sword of Lictor, right? It's right. that final act of that. Of uh, meeting the the hero duels, dueling Baldanders, the sword breaking, all that stuff rules. Mm-hmm. Them the the hero duels bowing to Severian and calling him their liege. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot. Like I I could just as easily say the you know and, and that's me putting extra effort is really what it is to not just say seventy different things in Shadow of the Torturer. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> like to not just say the duel with Agilis or going into the gardens or. You know, mm-hmm. was Agilus right? You know, he said I, he, I, he, yeah. he spun up a bunch of horseshit, right? He's like, here's the three reasons you shouldn't kill me. Mm-hmm. And he asked Severian to make a judgment call. And Severian judged him uh, to be killed. Right. He, did, he, did he made a decision. Him. Yes. Yeah. Was he right? I need to actually look at the text. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll we can just it. sit on it. We can think about it. We don't no, have to look at no, it. No, it's books right you here. You want to look at it right now? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going to think about it because it's like that's been a thing we've returned to over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he meet, meets him in the old uh, in the old prison thing, and he's like, "Come on, man, have you ever looked at that sword?" Right, it's that bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, I saw it at the end. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, everything you suspect is true. That's before that. Um, mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Here's here's the argument that he makes. Okay, which again is a lot like that rooster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I said, how have I wronged you, Agilus? It seemed to me that you wronged me or tried to. First, by entrapment. You carried an heirloom with a villa about the city without knowing what you had. As owner, it was your duty to know, and your ignorance threatens to cost me my life tomorrow unless you free me tonight. Secondly, by refusing to entertain any offer to buy. In our commercial society, one may set one's price as high as one wishes, but to refuse Mm -hmm. to sell at any price is treason. Agi and I wore the gaudy armor of a barbarian, you were his heart. Thirdly, by the slight with which you won our combat. Unlike you, I found myself contesting powers greater than I could comprehend. I lost my nerve, as any man would, and here I am. I call on you to free me. And mm-hmm. of course, Severian laughed at it. Mm-hmm. Laughed at him. And we know this. one additional piece of information, which is that Hildegrin is the person who was standing there and yelled, run. <laughs> right. We do know mm-hmm. that now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I came up in this reading or last reading? Last reading, I think. Last reading, we kind of moved past it, which mm-hmm. which triggers him to run, which then triggers him to end up fighting, killing other people, and thus right. doing the thing that's actually illegal. Yep. Um, I you know I I am always going to have a lot of um, a lot of sympathy for Agilis 
even though he was trying to kill Severian, uh, mm-hmm. because he's down here with us. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the first real act of judgment that that Severian makes, and he doesn't even make it. It's not considered at all. Like you said, he laughs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do think this is a thing that that kind of resonates throughout the whole thing. Like Agilus is right. You know, if we mm-hmm. just take the arguments as they stand, mm-hmm. he's correct. And he has been done unfairly. And we know that time travelers intervened <laughs> to, to keep Severian alive. He's right. Like that mm-hmm. last thing, he's like, yeah, you got raised from the dead, my man. That should nullify whatever happened. And again, yeah. it's just like for me, it is the, the you expect me to like go smiling, you know? <laughs> this is the yeah. world of dirt most of us fucking live in. I'm not going to, I'm going to try to squeeze my way out of it in the same way that I'm going to try to squeeze my way into some semblance of a better life for me and mine. I don't, mm-hmm. I, it is very easy for me, which, you know, I, you could put that, that sound clip next to me, you know, justifying a lot of stuff, obviously, which is not what I mm-hmm. intend to do. But I think right. when you're talking about you are transcending reality and yes. I'm trying to make the rent, mm-hmm. like, don't mm-hmm. you have any – it is the rooster talking to the angel, and I'm going to come down on the side of the rooster almost every time, even if he talks right. so much shit, because he's the rooster, and mm-hmm. the angel should be doing something else. Right. But to yeah. save the world, you have to come down on the side of the angel. Right. Right, right, which is why I'm not Severian. Right. Oh, wait, what? Hold on. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, I haven't read this next book, so maybe <laughs> I'm actually spoiling part of it, but I am not Severian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Michael, it sounded like you were going to say something. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like another, I think, uh, uh, theme to pull out here, touching on what we talked about in the last episode where uh, Malrubius is like, oh, yeah, like a deus ex machina, but in a cool way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there, there is an element of this series entirely that is about uh, Gene using the ratchet of like arbitrary authorial intent to like get uh-huh. things done right yeah, uh, yeah how does this book begin with severian saying uh it is possible even then i had some presentiment of my future or something yeah, like that yeah, right yeah. uh and it's also the line that gw uses to close the appendix so uh that right. whole thing with uh 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 Agilus, right, is is like what would happen if a a sort of side character, because this is what is happening, right? What happens when a side character goes toe to toe with the main character? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's that whole thing about um, uh, Severian, like, the, you know, the first Severian became the autarch, right? And the there's the. Uh, oh, how should I put this? Like the sense that like one of the things that we're iterating on is like, if we keep Severian in our sights as the hieroduels or the hierogramates or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, how like we, ha- how many things can we push around to justify him becoming the autark or to like yeah. make kind of the consequences of him becoming the autark kind of like seem relevant in a way that, uh, uh, makes him the most important because he has always been the most important. Right. Mm-hmm. Because right. when we started writing this book, because we're Gene Wolfe now, we knew this is our main character. Something magical is going to happen. What's the thing that marks him as special? Oh, he almost drowns, but he doesn't. Right away, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that He should have is, died. Yes. Right? I mean, to put it more bluntly, right? He should have died and he didn't. So then, therefore, what? Right. And right. he was saved by Satan. By the yeah. Way. Right. Right. Well, and this is the like the sort of flip that Gene is doing. The the Jesus story is: Would you suffer for for every? Would you suffer so badly for uh, if it meant saving 
the whole of humanity, right? Yeah. And right. and Gene has now penned a world in which instead the question is, would you make humanity suffer if it meant saving them or or yeah. or creating a version of them that was better? Um, uh, would you would you be that terrible person or would you let mm-hmm. that system stand? Where would you fit into that system? Would you learn about that system and still become part of it? Uh, mm-hmm. Isn't that a harder thing to commit to doing than simply suffering? You know, Jesus had it easy. All Jesus had to do was suffer himself. You right. know, mm-hmm. um, I think there's yeah, and this kind of runs into there. the uh, you know the quote that we've read on the show before, but gets yes. brought up all the time yes. in, in this right where Jesus was a carpenter. One of the very few things we know that he made was a whip. Right, like it's already mm-hmm. for and, Wolf. And, it's a little bit of this cleverness, right? But but brought into conversation with and that. wasn't the person who built the cross a carpenter right. too, right? Right, uh, which is to also say wasn't the person who built the cross also a functional part of the the you know the the myth that's being told or the story that's being told like it wasn't he necessary didn't someone have to build the cross too you know mm-hmm. it doesn't work without that um and well that's it yeah i don't know yeah, uh, yeah. i'm happy with the way this book ends yeah me too i think it's great yep i love that ending i i love it when a book ends with like uh the men in black facility going wild <laughs> Well, it's like it's, a, you know, to uh, uh, make a comparison, like something like a Neil Stevenson ending where it's almost mm-hmm. just like a chapter ended or not even mm-hmm. a chapter ended. It's like you stopped in the middle of a chapter, like yeah. a sentence just ended versus whatever's going on here. The uh, Kim Stanley Robinson calls this the slingshot ending, specifically mm. talking about Gene Wolfe uh, stories, because this is a move that Wolf will often do at the end of uh, a book is uh reveal that everything you have just read is in fact kind of like a long prologue to some other like anticipated event that is now uh on the precipice of culmination right mm-hmm. right but, and again gain so much i think by not being answered mm-hmm. yes necessarily well the next book we're reading well, we can talk about the. You have anything <laughs> to say about the appendices? The appendices? The appendix? It's just one appendix. It's just the one appendix. Yeah. Uh it's cool. Yeah, so funny, cool. so funny to learn about weapons after all that. Yep. Perfect. Shout out to GW. Oh, are we gonna? Hmm. I guess I'll find out. You wonder about what happens to GW? Yeah, whenever we ever learn more about GW, or is this it? Yeah, we'll find out. So the next he book becomes we like a Lemony Snicket character who's on the trail <laughs> sure, of Severian. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading all of his time travel hooliganism, and I think <laughs> he should get rid of that. No, so the next book we are going to be reading is um, the uh, uh, Earth of the New Sun. Mm-hmm. It, it will come out in a couple weeks from uh, now, so we got to start reading like ASAP. Start fucking reading that book. Uh, I'm gonna we're not gonna do... read it as closely. I think because we're our episode, oh, yeah. we're doing one episode on it, right? We're doing oh. one episode on it. We're doing one episode, and I can say, having started to read it, um, it is not going to be as tough of a go as any of these books. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty quick read. I remember that from last mm-hmm. time I read it because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it's just like here's information that's being told to you very didactically and like good luck puzzling sure. out what's happening sure um i think it's very uh smooth going down but also confusing to read where you know it's mm-hmm. and, and if you're reading it you should not be like stopping there to be like what is happening just like get yeah. through it and you'll be all right yeah i like the reason i push for us to read this book is that it is like one of the most baffling and bizarre books i think i have ever read and i just want an excuse to talk about it yeah, I'm happy with that. I like uh, the thing is like I feel like I'd have to read it 
right now anyway. Yeah. So I may yes. as well read it and talk about it. You know? Yeah, so we're going to do that. that. I need to go read the other long sun shit. You know what I mean? But no, you know, they're kind of not related. I mean, they eventually loop back around because it is literally called the, the solar same, cycle. The same. Right, 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 right. That's my understanding. You know. So, but like the next trilogy really does not have much. It's got some pieces. And then the, is it long sun is the last one, Michael? Uh, no long sun. It, it's long sun and then short sun and okay. long yeah, sun uh, or short sun is a direct sequel to yeah. long sun. Oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, and also like loops back into these books in very direct ways. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we will be, um, we're reading earth of the new sun. Read it. We're going to do the whole thing, uh, for it. And then I think we have resolved to just start on earth. Sea after that. Is that true? Uh, I would like it. I would yeah. do it, but I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah. 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 Uh, you sure. take a break. We're going to take a little bit of a break between. We can take a little break. Yeah. Yeah. Like a holiday break. It. When's this yeah, out? Sure. I have no idea when this yeah, episode. I was going to say, do we have any like bonus episodes coming out? Because we can, we do. We're gonna we're gonna watch all of the other two. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna watch the other two. Our favorite genre. People being mean to one another. <laughs> no. So this will be out. Um, I think the twenty fourth. If I've got that right. If we are current. Um, our next bonus episode. Go to patreoncom slash Uh It'll be coming out December first, uh, and it's on Caves of Cud, and we've got um. Uh, JGB, Jason Grimblatt, yeah. coming on the show to talk about it. So we're going to, you know, play it to the best of our ability and then uh, and then come back and chat about it. See what's up. Get some, so maybe the first half will be like unspoilies and the second half maybe into the spoilies. It's fun. Uh-huh. Um, for a game that I think has a low completion rate, but a lot of experimental, you know, people playing it. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we will be, uh, maybe we'll take a couple week break and then we'll be back probably after the holiday would be my assumption. Um, that seems like it lines up nicely yeah 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 maybe we'll do somewhere in the middle we might do like one short story or something just to yeah. you know have a little chat for fun but I mean, we like the a next holiday s- short story oh we, we should do it <laughs> we should watch a uh hallmark film <laughs> we should watch a hallmark film <laughs> and just release it on the main field that seems good that seems that seems fine yeah movies are back baby. <laughs> movies are back, celebrate baby. It with, what's the best hallmark film oh i don't know me either should I google it? yeah what is the best hallmark film um let's see here got some lists i don't want yeah here we go variety they are saying that the best one is an unexpected christmas from 2021 mm-hmm. sure come for the sweet pretend this. we're still together for my parents storyline stay for the most natural chemistry yet sure, sure. we should read the these this, these lists and pick one that feels we should. the most fun you know for us yeah um this like one maybe is there's one about like a fantasy writer. We might need to number three on this list is three wise men and a baby. <laughs> and it's know? like three rough and tumble fellas with a baby that we're trying to raise. Come <laughs> for Tyler Hines, Paul Campbell, and Andrew Walker. Stay yeah. for Paul Campbell, Tyler Hines, and Andrew Walker. <laughs> Plus this a ridiculously just, cute baby. Yeah, this is just AI generated, right? Yeah, yeah this is no like, way a human being wrote that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's funny. I, don't I think know. it's fine. It's not funny to me. It's but, fine. Um, Marry me at Christmas. Christmas under wraps. The Christmas cottage. I don't Ooh. know. I wonder if we can find one. Let's see. Uh, Hallmark. I think there's Christmas. one where there's a witch. Why would there be a witch at Christmas? This is totally <laughs> that's the thing. name of the that's the title. Actually, it's called the good witch of Christmas. Oh, OK. Oh. <laughs> Why is there? <laughs> Why is there a witch at Christmas? It would be God, a great a- Hallmark movie. <laughs> All right, this is a list of uh, three Hallmark movies with Christmas magic. Okay, good, good, good. Um, 
oh my God, this is cool. Next stop, Christmas. Angie is determined to spend Christmas alone, but her usual commuter ride turns into a Christmas train that drops her off in her own hometown in 2011. Mm. It's Severian. <laughs> it's Severian. <laughs> She's got to go back and fix everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's fun. Um, Let's pick. We'll pick one of these. We'll announce it. We're not going to announce it. Right I think we might be doing next stop Christmas. <laughs> Are these like on demand? Can I just yeah, like stream these? I, yeah, we have to figure. We have to find out if you yeah, can it's on watch Amazon. one. We can watch on the Devil's Platform. Okay. 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 That bald Satan. <laughs> Bald Dot com. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, if there's any real world Baldanders, you know it is Bezos, right? Like the, the man oh, who stands sure. beside, or, behind himself as his own experience. I am my own he's, great discount. What's the, right. what's the, he's only getting bigger. The guy who uses young blood <laughs> to stay young. What's that guy's name? I think we're good. I, like everyone knows. Oh, that's that's about. literally, I think that's the uh the old leech. <laughs> Brian Johnson is who I'm talking about, the millionaire guy who looks like like he's always like pictures of him next to his son. You know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and his father and his father. They're all hugging. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I am my own uh, sons and daughters. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I am all my own sons and all my own fathers. <laughs> anyway, I put the link in there. We can it accessible on the Devil's platform. Yeah. Hell, I'll buy it for eight dollars. <laughs> you never Keep know. When you're gonna want to watch yep. it again. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up right now. Side okay. slow down. <laughs> Just be a critic. Cameron, nah. Oh, okay. not on this show. Not on this show. I'm a, I'm a, a, a stooge. Oh, you send me to a Star War. Yeah, you're, I'm I drinking the, I'm drinking the milk. You know yeah. what I mean? Hey, what do you think of that uh, Zack Snyder Star Wars that's coming out soon? I'm about it. I like yeah, anything ready Zack for Snyder it? does. Yeah. He's like yeah. weird ass libertarian values. <laughs> yeah, he's a weirdo man. <laughs> I'm a. He's not doing it. It's not a real one for everybody. He's like, what? What are you talking? He's doing some sort of. He's doing a movie that looks like he said, "I want to mm. do Star Wars," and they said no, and they can't <laughs> stop me. Yeah, I think he made it, he yeah. did a treatment and he was like, let me do the Star Wars. And they were like, hell no. And he was like, is this the one care. that like you dropped the the trailer, I think, mm-hmm. in our group chat? And it looks like four different movies are happening at once. Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. Zack Snyder film. Yeah. Uh-huh. But and I mean, like even good. more so than the typical Zack Snyder film. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, unspoken hero, Deborah Snyder who always is out there saying, my husband makes cool-ass movies that are deeply considered an art, and you all treat him like an asshole. And I just, I respect it a lot. Yeah. Holy shit. Rebel Moon is called Rebel Moon, and then Rebel Moon Part 2 is called The Scar Giver. <laughs> God. <laughs> Maybe we need to talk about Zack's monster manual. You know there's going to be some crazy-ass oh, creatures there's gonna be in some crazy-ass creatures oh, yeah. in there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the first one was actually called A Child of Fire. Did you just say that? What? I missed it. It's called oh, Rebel I Moon see Part it. One, A Child of Fire. Hell yeah. Yeah. There are people who are like doing duels with knives and shit. I'm about that. They're just lightsabers in this trailer. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You can't. There's laser swords. Hey, you know what's cool? Lightsabers. Yeah, dude. George figured it out. We might need to do some sort of crossover AMCA episode. <laughs> For Rebel just Moon. watching this, yeah, we'll, like we'll maybe do, just like an we'll MST three K, you know, right? We will put uh, just half of the audio feed, but we'll cut it into ten minute chunks. So like, you just only get half of it, literally half. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Or maybe uh, we have two audio channels, and the left audio channel goes to your yeah. feed, uh-huh. the right audio channel goes to ours. You got to put them together manually. I'm in both calls though. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, the four issue four issue prequel comic entitled Rebel Moon House of the Blood Axe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
Yes, man. Did we you see that there was the an RPG being made, like a tabletop RPG being made that I think got mm. like undercut in some weird way by yeah. Netflix, unfortunately? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. He was at Gamescom teasing this thing. They got to get the gamers involved. Mm hmm. Sure. I'm about it. I'm 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 anyway. So the next uh, we'll probably do a little short story or we'll do a little Christmas movie. We'll figure something out. A little holiday <laughs> film. You know, we don't have to Hallmark Christmas movies are fun to do, but we don't have to do Christmas. We could we could we do whatever we want. I like yeah, next stop Christmas. Holiday. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm not trying to get you off that. You already give it a thumbs up. It seems cool. I already give it a thumbs up. It's a science fiction film. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think you'll find the, it says uh, fantasy. It does not say science fiction. And you can take that up, take it up with take it up with the devil's platform, buddy. It is it look, it's the devil in his like, you know, eleven his ten point plan for like how to make good narratives or whatever. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's him. It's his issue, right? Go flex about it. You know, I say to the devil. But uh, you know, if there is Jesus said too in the desert. Mm-hmm. Flex about it. Go flex about it. Satan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and said, "This could be yours." <laughs> Jesus, of all said, of the creatures you know in the world, of all of the the uh, billionaires, Bezos would also be the one to throw evil beans into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's true. I think it's true. All right, we should end this podcast. We've been going nonsense mode for fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah, it's true. That's what people are. That's what they're into. I think. Yeah. Give us a thumbs up if, you, if you're if you into that. Rate us five stars on whatever platform you're listening on. That helps us out a lot. We don't uh, pay for advertising or anything else. Uh, the only thing that, the only way people learn about the show is by word of mouth. You can go to patreon.com slash range touch in order to support the show and get access to our bonus episodes. Uh, Capes of Cud is going to be the next one coming out soon. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, you know, we'll have a big beefy episode about the, the fant- science fantasy roguelike that everyone's talking Ooh. about. One of the best games of all, it's best got RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it just got a big update. It got a I started playing it for our episode and it got a huge update that immediately invalidated my save. (laughs) (laughs) That's roguelikes. Yeah. But uh we uh but uh there's something I was gonna say about that. Uh anyway. Heavily influenced by Book of the New Sun. I think it's a cool thing to talk about. We'll be back soon with another episode. If you've got a science fiction or fantasy-oriented holiday movie you're really into, let us know about it. Uh, maybe in a comment on the Patreon. We will be back soon. Thanks for listening. For Michael and Austin, I am out. But that means there's a poem to read. Amid these stacks so straight and tall with tomes lined in to end, how are you to find your way? It's shelved by genre, friend. Oh.